0: Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm yours, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, February 22nd. We are here live. We're going to open the phone lines here in just a little bit, but we have a great guest joining us today. I'm excited to talk to him about a lot of things. Also got Lauren with me this morning. I'm going to bring Lauren in right now. Lauren, welcome back.
1: Good morning, Kevin. Good to be here. Happy Wednesday!
0: Great to have you here. Happy Wednesday. We've got a uh, we've got a great show lined up today. I'm excited. We do. Same. We haven't talked with uh, Jared. Is the uh, CEO of EnviroMedica. He's going to be our guest today. We haven't talked to him in a couple of years. Uh, it's been a while. And I've been working on my show notes because I had so much I wanted to talk to him about. And then I got up this morning. um, He's coming in right now. So we're going to bring him in in a second. I got up this morning and I was working on just some final thoughts on the show notes. And I had a really big idea based on some things that are going on right now in the country. And um, I want to bring Jared in and talk about that. So I'm gonna skip all my notes for right now, and, and when we bring him in, we're gonna jump right into this topic, and then we'll get back to the other notes. But uh, something I think that's really timely right now, and I've been thinking about it for a couple weeks and trying to figure out what the best, you know, advice I could give somebody, and I wasn't really coming up with a whole lot until this morning, and then I thought, duh, this was so obvious. Why, why was I struggling with this? Um, and I know I'm being a little cryptic right now, so I'm, I'm going to let you, you are. I know, I know, but, uh, it's very, very <laughs> timely health wise, something okay. right, right now that a lot of people might be concerned about health wise. And, um, uh, Oh, Jared's call just dropped off. I wonder what happened. Uh, We should get him back in here in just a second. I'm sure it must have been an audio issue or something. Um, Something really timely. I I was working on and just had one of those aha moments this morning. Uh, And actually, it will involve bringing in a new product to the store as well. Something I've thought about bringing in many, many times over the years. It's something I use. And it's, it's it's not that I didn't want it in the store. It's just sometimes we have to be careful what we bring in. Um we don't want a lot of inventory sitting around. so we have to be able to market and educate people on it. And i I just haven't really been ready to to do a you know a big education piece on this. I'm still being really cryptic, aren't mm-hmm. I? Are you wondering what I'm talking about yet? You are. <laughs> I
1: have no idea what it is yet.
0: <laughs> I know. it. Uh, so I, I'm kind of excited that we, and I talked with, as soon as I had the idea this morning, I talked with Lisa, we sat down, we looked, I think she's already ordered it. I think it's already coming in. Um, so we, uh, okay. we're going to bring Jared in right now so we can uh, jump right into this um welcome jared ramirez ceo of enviromedica jared welcome back kevin how are you sir boy it's great to talk to you again it's been quite a while huh it has been a while uh a lot of things in the world have changed i i was just telling lauren that uh you know i've been working on my show notes so many things i wanted to talk to you about i was excited about getting you back and then i got up this morning and i was just reviewing them and i had an aha moment so i I might be throwing a a left curve here at you, but uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because it's timely and it's something I've been working on. Um, And then we'll get to some of the other notes. How's that sound?
2: Sounds fantastic to me.
0: And then I want to give you a chance to get caught up with you and what, what you've been doing for the last couple of years and the company. But here's my thought. And this is something I've been really concerned about and I've been working on for a while. So, um, my wife and I, Lisa, you know Lisa, well, we just, just this time last year, we sold the condo a couple of years ago. We sold the house. Um, the reason I mentioned that is because they were 10 miles away from the, uh, train derailment in East Palestine, right there in that area. That's oh, wow. where, that's where we grew up. That's where I did my first, you know, driving job was at that area. In fact, East Palestine, I had a couple stops in that little town. Uh, so this has been on my mind. This, to me, I think is horrendous. I don't think it's getting the press coverage it should be getting, which seems bizarre. Uh, I just don't think there are enough people talking about this, and I can't imagine the health ramifications of what's going on right now. So what we're talking about is a whole bunch of chemicals, five or six that create new chemicals possibly when they combine and nobody really seems to be talking much about that. And it's in the air. It's in the water. It's in the soil. It's going to be in the plants and the animals we eat. I'm really concerned about that. I, I'm, you know, already starting to put together a list of food companies and, and that are in that area that I would probably try to avoid in the future. But I got thinking and I, I want your opinion on this. Wouldn't you, and I was also thinking of what can we do to help people with this? You know, what can we do? If anything, you know, we already talk about nutrient density and, and, you know, living a more ancestral lifestyle and all of those things, I believe just make us stronger as human beings. I I think we'd be better able to fight these things off, but we're talking about horrendous toxins that never even used to exist and multiples now and they're everywhere. And I don't think we know what this is going to do, but I I got thinking, wouldn't your magnetic clay bath be a really good product for this?
2: So, uh, you know, those are good questions. I, I, the honest answer is I I don't know because, um, you know, I think that the, you know, I'm, I'm not, I can't say that I'm, uh, remotely close to being an expert on the different compounds that were released. You know, I've seen some discussion around the you know vinyl chloride that was released and you know its degradation into uh, ostensibly what was a uh, biological you know what was a biological warfare agent. Uh, I think called phosphine foss- gas, if I'm right. that correctly. Yeah. Um, and you know, I you know in my you know in my work we. We tend to focus on, uh, you know, I don't want to say low level, but but more manageable exposures that are uh, accrued and, and cumulative, right, versus a, a more acute exposure like that. Uh, you know, my my perspective is that, you know, there are certain things that we can offset from a chronic exposure basis and even an acute exposure basis, but but it's hard to say, you know, I, I, if I was there, and this is just me speaking personally, um, you know, I think the obfuscation that's happened within the media and what's very clearly, it's interesting. It seemed, it seems that private industry or, or industry in general has a stranglehold on media, um, uh, mainstream media to a large extent. And so, you know, the EPA, you know, I don't, I don't think has done, done what they should be doing. Um,
1: yeah.
2: And, and so, so my, my perspective on this is that, you know, if it could be a lot, a lot more serious than even what people realize. And, and if it was myself, my family there, uh, I've, I, I, that's not a risk that I would take. I know that there are, you know, obviously there's, <laughs> there's limitations for things that people are able to do or willing to do. But it's a, I, th- I think it's a pretty sizable risk to hang around and find out, so to speak.
0: You know, Jared, it, it, I, I've said this already and I'm going to keep saying it. Um, I, I would not take that risk either because we don't even know what the risk is. And I, I want to come back to that idea with the clay and what my thoughts were on that. But I, I can honestly say... If I were there and owned a home, I would walk away from it if I had to, because you're not going to sell it. I mean, that's out of the question. Nobody's going to buy anything in that area. I'd walk away, foreclose on it, whatever I had to do. And I would start over somewhere with a minimum wage job if I had to. I mean, I I would do whatever I had to do to get my family out of that area. And I hate to say that. And how big of an area? I mean, What about downstream from there? It's horrendous what's happened, and it's even worse that we're in the dark. And we don't know. I don't think there's anybody on the planet that knows what kind of health effects all of these chemicals could have and what we might be able to do to counteract them. My thought with the clay was we know it's a fantastic way to detox our body from heavy metals and other contaminants, and even if it doesn't affect some of these chemicals directly, wouldn't this be a really good time to get as much toxic load off of our body as we could?
2: Well, there's there's never never a time like the present, as they say. You know, I I think that you know I consider detoxification to be a um, you know a lifelong process, right? We, we don't live in an environment anymore and have it for some time that is not. Pervasively affected uh, with with chemicals, uh, thousands and thousands of chemicals and compounds that uh, you know, some of which just, quite frankly, never go away. I mean, uh, you know, Teflon and its you know kind of analogs and all the nonstick coatings, PFAS, PFOAS. Um, these are what they call forever chemicals. You know, and so uh, c- clay, you know, to your question, clay is very effective for. Uh, relieving uh, or, or helping facilitate the removal of uh, accumulated bio burdens on the body, right? But in an acute situation, you know, such as exposure to some of these chemicals, I, I, the question is: is are they are they chemicals that bioaccumulate in the body, or are they acute exposure type chemicals that are you know a toxic insult? And I, I don't know the answer to that, but but regardless, you know, the answer is still. Yes, I mean, detoxification is a, uh, ba- I think it's a baseline requirement for health um, if you if you want to achieve optimal. Health. I,
0: you know, I, I started using the product several years ago, and I thought about bringing it into the store. We love the products from you. We have in the store, it, and it was one of those things that we really, really like to educate people on things first, you know, not just throw products at them and say, here, take this because we said so. Uh, we want people to understand why, and, th- and then that way they can determine, does this really fit your own situation? Or if we educate them, then they ask better questions when we're working with them. And I, I just wasn't really ready to do the education on it. It's on my list. And so it, it was a product we didn't bring into the store, even though I use it. Uh, we brought it in this morning. I thought if there was ever a time to start talking about this and educating people on it, let's do it now. Um, clearly, our world is not getting any cleaner uh, we're, we're dealing with more and more of these toxic loads. And I think that anything we know could be beneficial. I, I think we should probably start adding it. It, it. What would you recommend? And forget the the acute right now, because we don't know what this is going to do. But if we were just talking about a good detox routine, and, and before I ask the question, I think detox is important. Um, I think we have seven different pathways we can detox out of our body One of the problems I've had with the whole word is how it's kind of been bastardized and all these people running, you know, these master cleanses and detoxes. And um, a lot of them aren't done properly. And there's, I don't know if it's dangerous, but you can certainly make people pretty uncomfortable if you detox them incorrectly. So we're not big on just saying, hey, go do this detox or go do this cleanse. We tend to use that kind of stuff more when we're working one-on-one and we, we really understand that it's going to work and it's going to help. Um, but if, we, if we're if we just talking about, de- like you said, detox over a lifetime, not these let's wait till everything's horrible and do this, you know, really uh, extreme kind of detox all at once, what would be a good schedule? And I, I want to know for myself as well, what would be a good schedule of using the, the clay bath as just a, as an ongoing detox?
2: So initially, what we recommend and what what a lot of practitioners uh, you know their protocols that they recommend with their patients um, is typically for the first month they're doing two two baths per week
3: Wow okay
2: uh, and then thereafter yep and then thereafter uh, one bath per week for two to three months and then as and an as needed basis after that, which is typically you know one bath per month tw- two baths per month um, give or take and I'd say that's a pretty Generalized protocol, but obviously there's a, you know, an individual component to this. Um, Some people have a a much higher uh, bio burden on the body. Some people are, you know, need to go slower. You know, kind of touching on your your comment regarding, you know, detoxing too fast. Um, And the same, you know, the similar uh, similar experiences had with a infrared saunas, which I'm a huge advocate of. I would say it's a
0: um, we we have a lot to, to talk, talk about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm, you know that's like the num- that's number one for me. I have um, I have one in my home. I you know I use it multiple times per week. It's a um, kind of a, a
3: yep.
2: pivotal healing tool for for me as well. But but the same same thing holds true with clay, right? Um, both both saunas and clay can uh, you know they do draw toxins from the body. They do push toxins from the body, but you know, it's, it's an, sometimes an a, it's not a hundred percent efficient process. And so you will have some, uh, kind of stirring up of the pot, so to speak in the body. And if your internal detox pathways, phase one, phase two detox pathways, which I, I know that you're familiar with, you know, in the liver, um, you know, even in, in the GI, if these are not functioning as they should, you can make yourself very uncomfortable. And that's that's one thing that you know folks want to be should be mindful of i think you know back back when i was um you know m- much much younger and and uh, kind of at my start in this industry you know i think that there was a uh, there's more of a you know, if you feel bad, you're doing it right kind of <laughs> mentality. And, and, and it's kind of, it's ironic, you know, it's like, well, you're supposed to feel bad when you detox, but, but that's not, that's actually, that couldn't be any further from the truth. If right. you feel bad, if you feel terrible when you're detoxing, that means that your body is not equipped to process those toxins on a, on a, uh, efficient basis right. to expel them. And and in, in a lot of cases, what's happening is you're, you are uh, unseeding these toxins or dislodging them. Uh, you know, we reference bioaccumulation in the body, and then they get picked back up by, by your circulatory system uh, within your GI, reabsorbed within your GI or your lymphatic system, and then they, they make you feel like, like trash. Yeah. It's not, not ideal.
0: So I already had, you know, pages and pages of notes and you had to bring up infrared saunas, which is something I've I've done intensive work on in the last two years. In fact, are you familiar with uh, Ari Witten?
2: I am, yes. Yeah. Uh, I've actually, I've read his book on uh, red light therapy.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, we have Ari coming on in a couple weeks, I think, because uh, I, I do want to. Oh, good. Yeah, we, we have a product we sell in our store right now. It's actually, have you seen the uh, far infrared blankets? They're kind of like sleeping bags.
2: I'm familiar with them. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. So not not ideal doesn't have the the full spectrum like we'd like but one of the reasons mm. we brought it in and we use it it does pretty well on the the you know the detox part of it um it doesn't have mm. the, the near infrared that has some other benefits at the cellular level but the big thing for us it's so easy to use in a truck i mean it, it's ideal
2: and and that's that's great i mean that's and that's your that's your listener base right you yeah. don't want to let perfection be you know an impediment to progress and so that's a that's great
0: yeah, and at the same time we're working with a company called Sauna Space that that have you seen their products?
2: Sure. Yes, well, I am familiar with them
0: actually. Aren't they incredible the the craftsmanship they're like art. They're they're just so beautifully made and quality and but they've got that full spectrum light bulb that that covers a, a lot of the same spectrum as the sun. And I was on their website and I was testing their products, and I saw that they had this kit that turned your shower into a sauna. You know, it was just parts and poles and, you know, mounts and a little stool, and you turned your shower into a sauna. I thought, well, that's a great idea. Why couldn't we turn a truck sleeper into a sauna? So we're actually working with them on some products that would help set this up inside the sleeper, but also using their, they have a single bulb therapeutic light. It's kind of like a, a mini sun uh, is how they refer to it. I use it every morning. I get up early when it's dark, and I turn that on when I'm doing my reading, and I call it my happy light. So we're also working on ways to have that up in the cab with them while they're driving.
2: Wow, that's uh, that, that's interesting. I, I didn't know you. I didn't even know that was possible.
0: Yeah, that, uh, nobody did until we started thinking about it. But the interesting thing was when I started talking to the CEO about this from Sauna Space, and he loves the idea he's working with a couple of pilots to have it in airplane cockpits.
2: And and so, and I only ask this because I'm not, I've seen the, the unit demoed at um, some trade shows. It's a, you know, beautiful craftsmanship, as, as you mentioned. Um, you know, I'm more familiar with uh, traditional infrared saunas and then, uh, more, more traditional hot saunas, like your, you know, Finnish saunas. Right. But it is, does it generate a significant amount of, uh,
0: of sweat? So, so here's, if we're going to use this single light, like I use it in the morning or we'd use it in the cab, we're more looking at the red light part of the spectrum there. Not, now, these bulbs do put uh, out a I lot think. of heat, but if you're only going to have one bulb inside you know, the mm. size of a truck cab, it's not going to raise the temperature of the cab. Uh, if you put your hand over there, I you think. can certainly feel they radiate a lot of heat, and that, that's how their mm. saunas work. You put enough of these bulbs into a small enough space, and it gets really, really hot. Um, I, I sweat better with their lights than almost anything else I've ever tried. And I will take – I have a – but kind of a tent style infrared sauna, and I uh, several I've been testing these things for a couple of years. I'll take this one single bulb and I'll throw it in there, and it will raise the temperature about another twenty degrees, and I'll sweat like crazy in there.
2: That's that's actually interesting to me because I, you know, I'm a as my own uh, progression through utilization of my own sauna has occurred you know, I find myself kind of wanting more heat sometimes. Uh, I, I, you know, I like the, the, um, infrared, the qualities of infrared because, you know, it's, it's, you know, uh, emitting wavelengths that directly warm up your tissues and, and, uh, the, the cells in your body versus a traditional sauna where it heats the air. So they're much hotter. Right. 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 But, but even in an infrared, I mean, my infrared only gets up to about, uh, 145. And, you know, I, I like, I would say that if I had the option, you know, and I think that's just the nature of, of infrared saunas, you know, they top out at around 145, 150.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, but if I had my, my choice about it, I'd, I would get it up to, you know, 160, right. uh, 165. So that, that's, yeah, it's interesting. I may, I may
0: try that myself. Yeah, they sell components. Like you can buy bulbs and, you know, a three panel or a four panel. So you can kind of build your own. So, you know, I was looking at buying a cabinet style infrared sauna with the full spectrum. And and instead what I'm doing, I've got a spot in my house when we remodeled, we left it for the sauna. Uh, But instead of buying a full cabinet, I've got a friend who's a master carpenter. I'm going to just have him build a front into the space almost like a closet kind of thing uh and then we're just gonna figure out how many bulbs we need to get us up to that temperature we really want
2: that that sounds uh that sounds like a plan
0: yeah so yeah you and i could probably go on all day about infrared light and sauna and therapy i didn't even have that on my notes though so Um, I, I just want to go back to this. I'm going to start that detox routine. I was just kind of using the product randomly here and there when I thought about it, you know, I haven't done this in a while. I'll do a play bath, but I think I'm going to make it a protocol. I think I'm going to do a couple of week for a couple weeks and then move on on that schedule. Um, you just outlined
2: and you can, you can do it intermittently. I, again, I, I always come back to this, uh, you know it's like exercise right it's like good diet you know i i don't now obviously if you have no if you have no experience with detox protocols or or clay baths you know or saunas or any of this you know i think um having more of a formalized protocol you know to an extent is is probably a good idea but even you know even myself i don't you know i use our clay baths and it's you know i some months i'll use it a couple times there's other months where i don't use it at all there's some months that i use it you yes. know four or that, five times in a month And it's yeah. just it for me it's just um you know kind of keeping that that ba- that background baseline of detoxes right um i've seen it yield pretty tremendous results over time uh consistency is much better than than anything else i think
0: well and, and what changed my mind really was this whole thought of you know <sighs> the contamination we're seeing now, all of a sudden I, people are sending me buildings burning all over the world. Like, is there something going on or is this just normal? I mean, we have fires all the time, but now everybody's so hyper-focused. You know, I thought this isn't a bad time to just focus a little bit on some, a a detox protocol, you know, not be quite as casual about it right now, but just, I think I'm just going to put myself through it. And I like this. It's a, it's a more mild, detox i don't worry about people really getting a lot of uncomfortable side effects if they do it this way okay. so um i i mm-hmm. went to lisa this morning you'll you'll notice an order we're now bringing the clay bath into our store so um excellent yeah it was, it was really good timing hey i i know i'm jumping all over the place but earlier you talked about our liver and how important our liver is and all this and we also know that one of the best ways to feed our organs, the right nutrients is to eat those organs from other animals for liver. When you eat liver provides a lot of nutrients and support to our liver. So we've always been a, you know, big fan of organ meat. I want to read something to you. I, I, this was in the Huffington post, so I guess it shouldn't surprise me too much, but I I'm just, I don't know why I'm still shocked, but yeah, I'm just going to read it quote. Um, Where do I want to start here? Um, Dr. Eleanor Levine, a cardiologist at Stanford University, says she never eats liver. Liver is a red meat that's extremely high in fat. Well, first off, we're going to come back to that. Um, Levine said, in general, I avoid red meat because it's very high in saturated fat and trans fat, in addition to being bad for the heart. Saturated fat can provoke osteoporosis. Liver is especially bad because it's also the organ that filters out toxins. <laughs> so any toxins are typically just sitting there. I used to eat chopped liver when I was a kid, but I haven't since I became a cardiologist. I, I don't even know how to unpack all the Boy. all the crap that's in this paragraph.
2: It, it's it's amazing. I honestly like it's that's actually. Uh... That's quite a feat to say so many wrong things in a row, and 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 not and not just wrong, but like medically and scientifically factually inaccurate, right? Like they're not even, you know, even referring, you know, the the piece about referring to the liver as a filtration organ. Right. That, that, that's a I've heard that a couple times before, and it just shows, like you know, was she asleep in basic biology, basic <laughs> you know, you know uh, <laughs> physiology? I mean, it's not that's not even medically accurate. You know, the liver the liver conjugates, right? So it it uh, it takes let's say a uh, let's say a toxic compound, whatever that compound is, and it conjugates it into something that's that's potentially a more benign um you know compound right right it doesn't yeah. hold on to these it doesn't and hold it, on to these toxins
0: and it's not a filter and, yeah it's not a filter
2: no it, it's it, not a absolutely it's not a filter <laughs> That's just yeah. you know, and and the the, the whole po- the whole part about the you know saturated fat, you know, the, the '80s called and it wants its science back. I don't, um, so I'll I, I'll I'll leave that. <laughs> I'll put that to the side. You know, the, the comment about trans fats being in meat, like oh. where in the? I'd like to see a. I'd like to see a reference for that, please. It, um, um, I mean. It, yeah. Goodness. I mean, you can't be so wrong and be so confident in your, your wrongness. It's just unreal.
0: I felt like this was written by a fourth grader who just went through a, a school health class, you know, and this is their understanding of what they just learned. It It is so bad in so many ways. You know, I get trying to explain to people that it's not a filter and this is what it, the liver does over 500 functions. So, You could really get into the weeds, but let's look at something really, really simple to disprove here when she says liver is extremely high in fat. Well, first off, it has about a gram of fat per ounce. That's it. Uh, uh, Another cut like a brisket, not super fatty. It's one of the fattier cuts, but a brisket has five to six grams of fat per ounce, where does she get this high in fat stuff? It's one of the weakest cuts. I mean, it's,
2: the gra- it's it's grasping for for draws. I don't even know. I, again, the whole the whole it was just one wrong statement after the next, and you know, I like no comment. I'm em- <laughs> I, I, I'm embarrassed for I, whoever authored that.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, um, saturated fat provokes osteoporosis. Really, it provokes it. Oh, now. <laughs> <laughs> now mm-hmm. we have bully nutrients, right? Oh, come on. It's like mm-hmm. it, seriously, it's like it's written by a fourth grader. This woman has been through medical school?
2: Uh presumably, but her statements suggest otherwise. So, I don't I don't oh. know. It's um you know, but but you know realistically, Kevin, I'm I can't say that I'm surprised. This is the you know, the same, you know, air quotes, experts who said that, you know, natural immunity is not a thing. Oh, you know? So I, <laughs> it's really, it's really not surprising that, that the, um, this is the type of information
0: that's put out. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just I agree. What's um, surprising is, ahead,
1: that, is the culmination of it all. Like just the fact that she got so many things wrong and put it all in one little article is mind blowing. That's the shocking part.
0: It's almost like <laughs> what's it- the thing isn't shocking. Yeah, it takes some sort of weird talent to yeah. be able to put that many wrong things into one paragraph.
2: It definitely does. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately unless you're unless you know about these things, you know, it it just I, kind of perpetuates bad well, bad information out there.
0: So. Well, it does, especially when we've been taught to believe that cardiologists are next to god. I mean, really, that's the the, you know, the way some people look at this and they would never question their doctor. Certainly. I'm not going to question my cardiologist. And it's just, it's just sad. Hey, before we go,
2: it's not surprising. surprising, Okay. I just want to say one thing, you know, a lot of the, you know, much like any profession, right? They're just people, you know, I think that the, the medical profession is unfortunately, um, I think more twisted in the, in the sense that there is a lot more industry and, um, kind of, you know, outward pressures that are shaping their, their viewpoints unnecessarily, Right. But it's, but it's like any other profession. It's like an auto mechanic, you know, you go to, you go to 60% of them and they don't know what they're doing, you know? So it's It's, it's, just because they have a medical degree does not mean that they're somehow at a different, um, you know, in a different camp with respect to being mostly wrong, you know, science is mostly wrong right? Like, that's, that's a fact. Like, there's right. no, you know, most studies are, are difficult to replicate. Um, you know, we get, you know, science, the academic community gets more wrong on a first pass than they do right. And so if we, if we understand that, I think that there's a different, a different lens that, that we can look through.
0: You know, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. One of the things that, that I've said for a long time is, look, I'm hard on, you know, doctors, I'll, I'll point out stupid stuff like this, but I, I really don't, think it's the doctor's fault. Although, I don't know how much longer we can say that. I, I, I blame the system. Our system, it's not a healthcare system. It's a sick care system for profit. It, it's disgusting. Uh, it's horrible. There, There's nothing left good about our medical system other than trauma. I mean, we're fantastic at that, and I'm glad we have that. And I've had my share of traumas and I had a hand surgeon really put my hand back together really well. But but beyond trauma, our, our system is so broken that I, I don't even know how we begin to fix it when we have cardiologists who who talk like this and we have media who will publish this. But one of the things I, I've said for a long time, going back to what you just said, it, there was even the quote from the um, longtime editor of the New England Journal of Medicine who said, you can no longer trust anything we publish in our our magazine, basically. I mean, she she just said that our our medical testing is is so corrupted now that you can't trust anything you read. And I agree with that. It's not that I stop reading. I, I keep reading this stuff. But mostly what I do anymore is you can read proof of anything. I mean, I'm sure I could go find some research paper that probably agrees with just about everything this cardiologist just said. Um, so I, I really just, my marker now, my, my baseline is ancestral. I mean, I, I don't know what else to use it. Try to figure out, did we do this, you know, before modern society it, and if we did, it was probably healthier than what we're doing now.
2: I I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I've, um, I've been doing this for over 20 years now and, you know there is a kind of a guiding philosophy that i have and i can't i can't take credit for you know hatching this on my own there's been some really influential and uh, amazing practitioners and uh, thought leaders in the space who have echoed the same but the 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 statement is effectively nothing makes sense except through the lens of evolutionary biology i like that and so if we if we look into our past you know it's like this well, red meat's bad for you. Oh, really? Okay. Well, <laughs> tell that to the you know to our our you know m- millions of year years of ancestry where meat consumption was the thing, right? Yes. That is how our brains increased in size. That is the reason why you are a modern human today, right? And so it's it's always laughable to me how we we kind of fail to acknowledge our evolutionary biology and the the fundamental inputs it requires to be to, to, achieve that kind of optimal, optimal state. Right. And it's, yeah. it's, that's um, an important, it, you know, everything that I do in my own life personally and that, and through, um, through our company, the products we manufacture, the formulations we put together, um, the protocols we develop is always through the lens of evolutionary biology.
0: Absolutely. We, we love that. And, um, we love all the information you bring. You know, there's a TV show I was talking about it for a while. It's one of the reality shows. It's called Alone. It's one of these you know kind of reality challenges. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, so you, you. Oh yeah. I look. The show isn't even that great. It, it's a, it's a little slow moving, and it's sometimes you know yeah, yeah. I, I'll be. I'll, it's one of those things that I'll even be doing something else and have it on in the background, kind of thing, and just you know glance up once in a while. But there were some really, really good lessons around this in that show. You know, you watch the the gatherers, you know, that are, are going to go out and survive on gathering. And right away, you see there's a problem here. They are wasting an awful lot of calories. And, and you know, we're not worried about calories anymore in our world. Calories back then were really important in the opposite way we think of them today. You needed to get as many calories as you could get to survive, which is one of the reasons why fat is so valuable because it's so high in calories. But it became so obvious on the show. The gatherers were struggling constantly. The one guy who killed a muskox with a bow and arrow and a knife, you know, could lay around all day and do nothing, saving calories, which was a really good thing because he had this huge supply of nutrient-dense meat.
2: I can't disagree it's a you know there's an opportunity there's an opportunity cost in um in nature i mean obviously something that we don't have to contend with now, right, but you can see that in the you know even in the animal kingdom there's always this you know this question of well uh you know is the is this worth is it worth the effort right right and um yeah i i you know to to consume you know for a human to consume the requisite amount of let's say plant matter right to achieve daily caloric needs um you know as a hunter-gatherer is you know i i you know there's probably some law of entropy there right (laughs) Right. of of you know you're you're expending more calories than you are collecting (laughs) in a lot of circumstances you know and so it's um but but of course you know again if that's if you're not looking through the lens of evolutionary biology and how you assess that it's easy to it's easy to think well you know I got you know this X Y Z company making you know plant protein in a some you know stainless steel vat somewhere and <laughs> right. turning it into which it would, this, that's that part's really odd to me like the whole. You know, plant-based meat. Oh my god! It's <laughs> yeah. like if you want meat so badly, just eat, eat meat. Okay, no. like, why? What is the? Yeah, what is the we, point of creating meat products out of plants? It makes we, no
0: sense. I we, don't understand it. We never ever try to make our beef look and taste like broccoli. Why would you?
2: No. <laughs> 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 yeah that that that's a that'll be a fail out of the gate. But <laughs> oh. but it's uh. Yeah, I'm. Um, it's really, it's a really odd uh, obsession of industry to try and keep, keep trying to make these meat products out of plant. Yes. See, I don't even want to call them plants. It's like pseudo, it's like pseudo food right. protein, plant protein stuff. Like it's not even, you know, it's hyper processed and well, completely you, unhealthy.
0: So. You bring up a good point on this that I hadn't thought about. We talk about this topic all the time, but you're right. It's plants, but it's not plants that evolve naturally. When you look at the plants, they're making this stuff out of pea protein and soy and and we've monocropped that stuff and it's genetically modified and there's nothing natural about it.
2: Well, they were they were plants at one point, not not so much anymore. I mean, you can, you know, again, you have to to process these things to such an extent that what's left is uh, barely resembles food anymore.
0: No. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I want to be respectful of your time. We've got about uh, 20 minutes left in the hour. A couple of things I really want to get to. Uh, first off, I have the, a bone to pick with you. Who's the big reader in your Please. company?
2: The big reader. Uh, well, I, so I advocate, you know, I, I read quite a bit myself. Uh I would say most of our team is engaged with at least one book at any particular time. So I can tell. Uh, we, yeah. yeah. Why well, <laughs> did you say that?
0: Well, I was just saying a couple of weeks ago that I, I'm a big reader, always have been. I try to average about two books a week. Um, And I have for most of my life.
2: That's that's impressive. I wish I I could say that I was at that that pace, but I'm not.
0: And I'm not always there. It's what I shoot for right now. I'm actually about the worst I've been in a while because I have too many projects going on and too much stuff going on in the world. And I'm down to about a half a book a week right now. It's taking me two weeks to get through a book. Uh, so I'm behind, and I was mentioning that, and I was saying I have about 20 books on my Kindle that I haven't got to yet, and after going through your blog post, getting ready for this, I probably added another 20.
2: Well, I, I appreciate that. We, I I will say I'm, I'm quite proud of the fact, and we're very fortunate to have uh, team members in our company who, you know, much like myself, um, which I think is... Part, Part of why this is the the case is that, you know, this isn't just a business for me and the people that work, you know, in this company, it's not just a job. Right. Right. Um, You know, they marketing, customer service, sales, um, quality, engineering. I mean, they're all you know i don't want to use the term drinking the Kool-Aid right but, <laughs> but you know it's uh I, I, drink, there's something I, about there's something about our company yeah how
0: right? about this drinking the bone broth
2: they they're drinking the bone <laughs> broth yeah that's a good that's a good uh that's a good play on that yeah. I, I may steal that there you go but um but i think there's something very special that i feel that we have here as an organization we we deeply believe in what we do here i deeply believe in what we do, our cause and our mission and how we, uh, you know, how we operate. And even those that come into this company who have no, no aspirations, um, you know, to be any different than what they are quickly find themselves changing. You know, it's a, um, when you surround yourself with people that, yeah. that believe as we believe, right. It is, um, you know, it's, it's infectious. Right. And so I have, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the, you know, I have employees that started with us that did not know a single thing about health and wellness, you know, and now, um, you know, you know, they eat strict carnivore with, um, you know, modified gaps diets and, you know,
0: detox
2: saunas and invested in all this stuff. And so it's, it's, um, it's very rewarding to to see that happen as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I got a—I I had a chance to see that kind of in person. I think it was, was the it Paleo FX a couple of years ago. Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as I walked into your booth, I could feel it—like the energy and the enthusiasm—and and it was just—it uh, it was really a great experience meeting you know the the team and and you could just feel what you just described.
2: I appreciate that. That's uh yeah it's uh something that um I think i i you know probably wasn't until a few years ago that I realized just how powerful that was and and um and so we try and put that on display as much as possible, uh unintentionally, of course, but it yeah
0: well yeah
2: we, we 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 believe in what we do
0: yeah you you can tell so, so before we run out of time because it's happening quick here, um I didn't get to any of my notes <laughs> I maybe one the book list that everything else was off the top of my head from just this morning um would you say that that as a company we haven't really talked about you as a company yet but would you say as a company your kind of core mm-hmm. knowledge is really built around kind of mm-hmm. bacteria in the microbiome isn't that a really big part of what you do
2: it is yes um you know our focus, you know, yes, we, we deal in the, you know, with organs and glandulars and other kind of ancestral health tools, but our core focus is in the gut and the gut microbiome. Um, mainly because, you know, through, you know, through my two decades of experience within natural health and wellness and within the, um, within the the natural products industry, um, I, I, you know, it's been a long, long developmental process to the understanding that gut health is the center of the universe uh, when it comes to total body health. And you know, even even with respect to organs and glandulars, I mean, yes, they have a nutritional component, and yes, they are highly bioavailable, but they also impact the gut microbiome. Um, they're just not as as uh, talked about with respect to that um but we you know our core focus you know if if we think about the gut in an evolutionary context it is the oldest most ancient functioning system right yeah the microbiome our bacter- bacteria predate humans obviously by billions of years and um and so it's a you know it's really it's kind of an interesting area, but from an ancestral perspective, you cannot, it, it, you know, kind of succinctly stated, you cannot achieve optimal wellness without first achieving optimal gut health. That is the first stepping stone point. to anything that you want to achieve otherwise. And and I don't, you know, I can, I can, you know, there's hundreds of scientific, you know, right. facts that underpin that statement. Um, but even, you know, kind of backstepping into your discussion about detox, what's your, what is your most efficient detox organ outside of your skin? That's going to be your gut and your gut microbiome, Right. right? There are, you know, there's a lot of focus on, well, you know, uh, binders in the gut, like activated charcoal and pectin and different types of compounds that lock up heavy metals and toxins. But, what is not well understood or well known is that bacteria and the microbiome can do that and much more, right? Yeah. And even, even in an environmental context, right, if we, look at, if we look at, say, toxic ecological environments where they've contaminated the environment, um you know oil slicks on waters w- where is a lot of the focus going for the bioremediation of these environments well it's bacteria right, right? bacteria um they have unlimited talents
4: <laughs> right
2: to- right to, to to form a composition and a a working ecological system that protects the human body from toxic insults at a lot of levels. Now can can that system be overcome with enough of an acute insult? Absolutely it can. But but that's a that's like the ultimate insurance policy. You know, if you if you focus on the gut microbiome, a lot of other things kind of fall into place naturally and and okay. it doesn't require um, it doesn't require splitting hairs over, well, you need, you're missing this nutrient to get this effect. Right. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's a respect for the complex system, the ultimate complex system in the body. And if you optimize that complex system by giving it the correct inputs, you know, uh, soil-based organisms, um, soil-based bacteria, uh, soil-based probiotics, excuse me, um, with other nutritional inputs, um, prebiotics, things like that, you know, your your gut ecosystem is is truly the key to uh, unlocking a lot of um, a lot of things in the body.
0: So what do you think of this quote? I'll give you the quote, and then I'll tell you who said it. It was somebody we had on the show. Um, he said, in talking about the, the microbiome, not just the gut, but the entire human microbiome, he said, he, here's the best way I can explain it. It's 1980, and you just got an Atari computer. <laughs>
2: Well, I have played on an Atari from when I was a kid, so I, I get the. the it, I like that. It, um, you're you're absolutely correct, um, and actually, I have a um, presentation I've done that actually touches on this, and I don't have it in front of me, but but it's basically 99% of the research that has been done in the microbiome on the microbiome has occurred in the past 15 years. Wow. Okay. And that's from a peer reviewed yeah. published paper standpoint. Okay. It was something, it was like laughable back in, I think it was like oh five oh seven. There was like, you know, 500 or 600 papers on this. You're right. you know, and then fast forward to end of 2022. There's something like, again, don't call me on the exact number here, but it was like over 150,000 pu- peer reviewed published papers. Right. So we are, in effect on the microbiome research rocket ship but when you when you backdrop that against the what is arguably one of the worst features of science uh and academics and the medical community it is hubris and arrogance right, right? they don't they don't take the time to step back you know and and acknowledge. Well, we're probably we're probably wrong, right? And, exactly. And instead, it's this it's this arrogance of like we got it figured out. Like, nope, you don't know anything. Right? Like you're right. you're, you're, you're d- you think you, you think you just unlocked you know a, a billion years of of evolutionary development in the gut microbiome in fifteen years? Like
0: forget it. <laughs> it's, it's, not, you d- you
2: know, it's not. It's not real.
0: You don't even know what you don't know.
2: That's, and that's the biggest problem, right? And there's nobody, and and we've, again, not to, to beat a dead horse here, um, on the absolute abject failure over the, you know, pandemic, you know, that, that's a great example, right? There's, there is nobody more dangerous than somebody who is so confident that they're right when being so incredibly wrong, Yeah. right? Like that is... Uh, it's very it's it's very dangerous to uh, to the human species.
0: Like our the cardiologist we were just talking about a little while ago. Um, so that yeah. that that quote about 1980 in the Atari was Dr. Davis from Wheat Belly. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, William Davis. Yeah, yeah William yep. Davis. Yeah, he made that quote on our show. I just yeah. thought when when he said that the light bulb went off, and I thought, boy, that's such a great way to look at that. There's there's one more thing I want to talk about, we're going to have to wrap this up, but it goes along with this. Think about, uh, since we were talking about a cardiologist, um, heart disease really started to become a problem around the 40s or 50s in this country, right? I think that was the timeline. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little earlier, but we really started paying attention to it around the 50s. I went back to try to figure this out, and it's going to take somebody who's a better investigative journalist than I am. I I was trying to figure out from that point on, how much research money has been spent on heart health? And I can't come up with a number. I, I don't even know how to begin to start putting it together. Um, but I'd love to see the number. And where are we? We're, we're at a point where we have a cardiologist who's so ignorant she shouldn't be teaching health at, in a kindergarten level after spending all that money. I, that's just awful. And I wonder what, what could be. I know, I know, but what what could we accomplish if we were able to do a lot of that kind of deep research on the microbiome, good research though?
2: So I think I have a much, I think I have a much different take on the microbiome and, um, and how the research is going versus where it should be going. You know, I, there's a um, podcast, I don't know if you're familiar with this podcast, it's called the Dark Horse Podcast. Um, There's an evolutionary biologist who I'm just a huge raving fan of, his name is Brett Weinstein. And, you know, he has a, he's also made the, you know, evolutionary biology statement as well, but but he has a statement that's basically, um, you know, you... The, the human body is a complex system already and wrapped within it is the most complex system in existence. And the difference between a complex system and a complicated system, you know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, a complicated system is, let's say a, uh, a car, right? Got a lot of working parts, complicated, got a lot of stuff going on. But you know, when you do, when something specific is done, you know what the end point will be because there's one path. Right In a complicated system, most of that time. In a complex system, there are so many intersections and secondary effects and um, unexpected consequences that understanding a complex system, you know, I don't think that's going to be possible until, you know, we reach an age of, say, you know, high-level quantum computing. And even yeah. then, I don't think it's... It- It's truly possible because, you know, such, you know, it cannot be overstated just how incredibly complex the gut is and the microbiome that exists therein. So, our approach to the gut and gut health is is much different than, say, um, you know, a a pharmaceutical company, for example, right? right? Or even, I, I would say, even you know, a large percentage of the natural products industry where it's still this like one, one cause, one effect type approach, right? Oh, you're, you're lacking vitamin D, here's some vitamin D, it's you so know, funny. but, oh, just kidding, just kidding. We forgot to tell you, we all, you also need magnesium to activate the vitamin D <laughs> and vitamin K to make sure it doesn't end up in your soft tissues. And um, you know, it's so you know, and vitamin A to prevent you from vitamin D toxicity and so and on we're, on and on we go, right? And so the same could be said about the microbiome. You know, the, the hubris and arrogance of science and just humans in general, right, but it's amplified within the academic and scientific community, is this like, well, if we could just reduce this one microbe, you know, or if we could just eliminate, eliminate this uh this pathogen, or what we think is a pathogen, right? And I'll give you a great example of that. Um, H. Helicobacter pylori, H. pylori, um, is a bacteria that is, that is attributed in the incidence of uh, peptic ulcers. So GI ulcers is also a, a large incidence of um, you know, some, some cancerous and precancerous stuff that happens within these lesions in the gut, right? And, and so it was framed as a pathogen. Well, there's a, this is a pathogen. It's very, very bad, right? Okay, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> Another way to look at it is that, is that uh, the incidence of H. pylori exists in everybody, virtually everybody. You can find H. pylori in everybody, right? right. And the, the presence of H. pylori is correlated with a reduction in uh, a number of disease states, right? Right. So the question is not, you know, with anything in a complex system, it's a, it's a recognition that, you know, all these community members serve a function,
0: right? Right.
2: You know, you have uh, certain members of the community that yes, in when they're represented at the correct levels, you know, they are functioning, you know, contributing members and have a, a place in that, in that system. Right. But if they're overrepresented, if if something is out of balance, right, that's when it becomes a problem. Right. You know, if you have too many policemen, not enough firefighters, too many <laughs> firefighters, not enough policemen. Let's say we don't have enough too, teachers, you know, let's right. say we don't have, have enough, um, you know, enough local right. uh, local food being grown there. Right. There's right. like everything is, is about the system.
0: Too many attorneys. Yeah.
2: So our, not enough engineers. <laughs> well, there, there's always too many attorneys, but, right. but the our approach is is a is a restoration of of the a functioning ecosystem in the gut, right? So what I refer to as a rewilding of the gut, like right? That. A rewilding yeah. of the gut ecosystem, right? Because the ultimate goal is to create a resilient, self-regulating ecosystem, not to to go around looking to flog certain members, right? That balance will, will occur if you approach it at a systems level versus a member level. Right. And, and most of the, most of the probiotic industry is still approaching it at this, like, um, you know, I'm a hammer, you're a nail, (laughs) let's do our thing, you know, (laughs) you know, versus, versus looking at it as a house. And like, what does that need to look like?
0: Got it. Boy, uh, I know we we gotta wrap this up, but every time you talk, I end up with six more notes. So I want to go back over a couple of things. One, I thought this was interesting. You mentioned Brett Weinstein, and I'm like, boy, that sounds familiar. I don't think I've ever listened to the podcast though. So I went to see if he had a book, and he does. And I went to buy the book. I already own it. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you you gotta, you gotta crack that one open. He's he's definitely my top five, like favorite, you know,
0: uh, folks to listen to. I think I might open that one today. Um, Something else. I I don't often come up with good witty quotes, but I think you might like this one. So you were talking about how complex the body was. And then you talk about the gut microbiome. We can't even talk about how complex it is because we don't understand it. We don't understand how complex it is. We don't know what we don't know in that case. There are other parts of the body that we absolutely know, thinking of something like the Krebs cycle, you know, how unbelievably complicated those things are. And there's hundreds of things like that in the body. The the liver, you know, can perform over 500 functions and, and this stuff becomes mind boggling. It's so complicated. But I, I got thinking about it. And I actually made the statement, I think it might have been when I had Dr. Davis on, I said, you know, as complicated as the body is, we should be able to write a, a one-page owner's manual.
2: That That is effectively what we're trying to do, Kevin. I, you know, again, it's taken 20 plus years for me to, to reach this mindset, which is, you know, health is actually quite simple. Right. It's, I know The problem is, the problem is, is that we refuse to acknowledge these basic evolutionary inputs, right? We are trying, it's like, you know, it, it reminds me of the, well, doc, how do I lose weight? Well, you gotta, you gotta stop eating processed foods and, you know, start exercising. No, no, no. But how else do I need to lose weight? Where, what pill can I take? You know, you know, it's, it's a, it's. It's really and yes, there. I don't want to. I don't want to um, uh, take away from the individualized medicine component because there are. I will say there are a lot of genetic anomalies, sure. a lot of things right. that have happened within the human gene pool, and like, you know, that have have made things more complex. However, okay, and and the however is this, okay? You still need this baseline. These baseline evolutionary inputs, right? Like that is the foundation of anything that you should be seeking in, in achieving optimal health, right? And what does that mean? You know, like, okay, well we need, we need to get sunlight. We need to get proper sleep. We need to recognize our circadian rhythm and, and try and, and emulate that as much as possible. We need to eat nutrient dense whole foods. We need to move. We need, uh, social, uh, social supporting community. You know, we need relationships. These are these are kind of evolutionary non-negotiables, and and but but unfortunately, it's it's these are so simple right. <laughs> that right. I think that they're overlooked in a lot of cases, right? Yeah. It's like, well, no, you know, I need, you know, it can't be that simple. Yeah, it's that simple. You know? I, really? I, and I, so, yeah.
0: Well, I was just going to say, think about something as simple as we now have human beings who go months without ever being in contact with the Earth. Yeah. When we evolved, we were in contact yes, with the Earth true. 24 hours a day. We were never not in contact with the Earth. True. Something just so yeah. so simple, and, and how does that affect us? And we know some of the ways, but I don't think we, we know all of them. Hey, Jared, I could go on all day like this, and I, I'd love to, but actually, um, I, I want to kind of ask a favor. Well, ask one of the things we've been doing, uh, uh, you know, we kind of look at ourselves as an education company more than anything. We, we want to help try to get the word out and, and bring more people to the session. Same, same as us. I agree. Yeah. So yep. one of the things we've been doing, uh, we're not on serious anymore. I don't even know if you were aware of that. and.
2: I am. A, I am. Yeah, yeah.
0: OK. Unfortunately, um, yeah. yeah. Cancel culture got us. Hey, honestly, it's one of those things. I've, I've read yeah. these stories from people my whole life. It looks like it's just a horrible thing. Fifteen years I put into that contract. I, you know, I could go back and say yeah. I, I got it zero radio experience and they gave me a contract to do a radio show. That was incredible in itself. But that took me several years to make that happen. And, you know, they gave me the weekends because I didn't have any experience. And then before you know it, I was on the air seven days a week. And then after 10 years, I got the primetime slot and I had more hours than anybody on the channel. And then from one sentence, I get canceled, uh, which seemed like a just, you know, one of those tragedy kind of things. And a year out now, I couldn't be happier. Um We don't have the reach we used to have. We don't have the revenue we used to have. Luckily, we were in good shape financially going into it. So we're still fine. Um, We're not even really trying to market this yet. I mean, we're a year out and we're building our own infrastructure. And that's our focus because I've made the statement that if you're going to cancel me again, you're going to have to shut off the internet because we are not using anybody's platform for anything. We are writing all of our own tools and platforms from scratch. So we can't be canceled. Uh, so one of the things we're, we've been doing, and it's working really well, is is we've been doing kind of mini-series. You know, I, like I said, I just got you on, and I had pages of notes, and I didn't get to any of them. Um, and, and it's more kind of technical stuff, more stuff about the microbiome and w- what can we do. And uh, so we started this thing, and we've got like four of them going on right now. I just recorded one yesterday. We're, we're doing mini-series on a specific topic. And we usually stick with, with one person or one company to kind of do it. We worked with, uh, four sigmatic, um, and did a mini series on adaptogens. And I'm working with, uh, Sally K. Norton and we're doing a mini series on oxalates and, uh, we're working with, uh, NutriSense and doing a, a mini series on blood sugar and, and continuous glucose monitors. Oh, good. I would love, and well, I love Yeah. I, I would love to do a mini series with you. And, and, you know, clearly it would be focused on kind of the microbiome, but I I would actually want you to kind of outline for us what you think is the most value we could put into like a three, three episodes, one hour each. So kind of like a three hour mini series. Um, We've got a couple of them, like I said, going on right now. I'd love to do one with you. I'm,
2: I'm game for that. I have um, actually Kind of well timed. I've been working on uh, working on some, uh, I guess, more structured. I don't want to say structured, but more of a methodical walkthrough on this that I think yeah. is, will resonate will resonate with a lot of people um, because the microbiome can be very complex, and there's a lot of a lot of companies out there making it extremely complex. Oh, you me. know, and my my goal is actually to take a a reverse path into that and simplify it down to a level that, you know, doesn't feel as overwhelming and, and, and makes sense, right? I mean, again, if we look at the microbiome through the lens of evolutionary biology, and then how to approach that equation, I think that, uh, yeah, makes a lot of sense. and, And I've, I've been very excited to get this information out. So I think the timing is timing is perfect for us.
0: Excellent. When uh, when when we let you go here in a couple minutes, I'll put you back in the queue. And who's screening today? I think Engie. Um N G. We'll we'll get that process started. We make it as easy as possible. It, we're you schedule your time when you have time to come on and do it, and I'll work around your schedule. Uh, but we we kind of shoot for Perfect. kind of a three episode, you know, about an hour, maybe to an hour and a half each episode. So. Um, I, I think that would be fantastic. So thank you for that. Two projects I've been working on, I just I think you might be interested in. Um one, we are you know, we we developed a, a diet several years ago that was nutrient dense keto. Worked really well for us. It was a very, very low carb, high fat, but really focused on nutrient density. It's been fantastic for our drivers. And then you know, kind of a progression of that. I started experimenting with with going a little more carnivore. You know, substituting more protein for fat, kind of just changing that balance a little bit. And obviously, keto is carn or carnivore is keto. I mean, it's so low carb, you're going to produce ketones. Uh, so we actually started working on a diet that we're we're calling fermented carnivore. I got thinking about this clearly. You know, as hunter gatherers, we eat a lot of animal products, but wasn't almost everything we ate probably in some state of fermentation
2: so the and this i will say this is this is something that i am intrigued with at a you know kind of educational level you know on one side you know a a, a truly a, you know again there's <laughs> i think the carnivore diet and like the interpretation of it has kind of loosened up a little bit over time. And even right. some of the thought leaders in the space are like, well, yeah, you're going to want to get some fruit in there and yeah. honey. And, you know, so I think, <laughs> and I think that's really, that's, that's interesting for me because, you know, the microbiome does thrive with, uh, you know, fiber and plant matter and certain, you know, polyphenols and polysaccharides and things that don't exist in, in, strictly animal products, right? Right. And so we have this kind of, we have this kind of paradox here where, yes, I think that the carnivore, you know, I'm a I'm an advocate of the carnivore diet from a kind of a elimination, it's like the ultimate right. elimination diet. Yeah. That's- but, but you know, I have also seen information that, that, that says that the microbiome suffered. Right. You know, during, yeah. you know, during the, you know, yeah. so, it, so I'm a bit conflicted yeah. about that. And I think, I, I don't think that, Humans are, you know, humans are omnivores, but but animal food centric, right? right? And I think that, um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting, it, an interesting subject nonetheless because I, you know, I hear arguments from both sides. I'm definitely more in the, you know, you need some, you know, you need some some starches and some polysaccharides and polyphenols in the mix right to be to have a healthy gut in my opinion
0: you know that's kind of where our approach on this and, and we thought you know if, if we're going to eat a lot of well not a lot if we're going to put plant matter into this and i'm going to i mean if for me if nothing else just the variety i mean i i, I love meat <laughs> And animal products, but I need a little crunch and freshness and, and some of those other things. I, I don't plan on giving up plant food, but I thought, what's the healthiest way to eat it? Well, first off, let's avoid all the, the, you know, nutritional bombs that are in some plants, phytates, lectins, oxalates. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're working on that. And then if we ferment, we even minimize those problems many times and we know all the other benefits of fermentation. And then I just got thinking, look, it, as hunter-gatherers, they killed an animal and it laid out in the sun. They were probably still eating on it a couple days later. Wasn't it fermented? And I, I think there's evidence yeah. that we ate plant matter out of animals' guts and we killed the animal. That was fermented. So I, I think that we probably got a lot more fermented kind of foods than we, we realized. So we, we kind of focused on that. I, I For myself, I had white rice. Uh, just for the starch, you know, maybe once a week, eat half a cup of white rice or so, sometimes mm. even more. Yep. Um, then we we came across, I did, I, I'm a big gardener. I just happened in the last couple of years. I am just um, obsessed with my garden now. I absolutely love it. I spend all kinds of time on it. I'm gardening already uh, in February. Good for you. Yeah, so last year I had this <laughs> bumper crop of hot peppers. I love hot peppers and I make my own hot sauces, but I ended up with 75 pounds of hot peppers out of my garden last year. That is a lot. Wow! wow. And I'm, I I wow. you know, I give them away. I gave it to the food bank, everything I could with, and I'm looking at all these peppers. What am I going to do with this? So I started looking for ideas and I, I came across and it was some, that they were fermenting garlic in honey. And I had seen that before, but I saw it while I was doing, looking around for ideas. And I thought, well, what if I just put peppers in honey? And I, I've seen this hot honey craze that, and that kind of triggered it. But the way they make all the hot honey is they just take pepper flakes, hot pepper flakes, put them in honey. What I'm doing is actually fermenting the hot peppers in the honey. Interesting, thing. And it creates... This whole new product, this food product that hasn't existed before. I'm a big foodie and I I cook all the time. And so what happens within about 48 hours, the honey pulls all of the water out of the peppers and the heat and the flavors and starts fermenting them. The honey becomes pourable, very pourable. It thins way out. Almost all the sweetness disappears between the heat and the fermentation process. The sweet level really comes down. You create these flavor profiles that I've never tasted before. I mean, this hot honey right over wings is just incredible. I've put it on ice cream. Um, I still make my own ice cream and eat it. It's one of my treats. Um, but my ice cream is almost like health food. It's coconut milk and 12 egg yolks, uh, you know, good pastured egg yolks. Mm. So it's not, not all that bad of a food really, but this, this hot honey has kind of become an obsession of mine. I'm starting to ferment a bunch of stuff in honey.
2: I'm a I'm a huge fan of honey. Me Um, too. Actually, I I I didn't mention this, but we we have a product right now in development uh, to using some uh, a rare honey and some other apiary ingredients. Really. Ingredients uh, combined with our our proprietary probiotic. Wow. Strains and. And it's. Uh, I got to say, I'm. I haven't been this excited about a product since we put out Ferroflora, uh, which is our, yeah. our flag fit probiotic, and wow. uh, re- really impressive stuff. I'll I'll have to send you some once. Yeah, we, I, we get it live. But right. uh, but honey, honey is is like, I, you know there is so much magic happening in honey. Um, it it can you know, and a lot of people I think are also you know, especially in like the keto uh, crowd, you know, oh, well, you know, honey, sugar. Yeah, Yeah, well, well, kind of, it is, but, but the the funny that the, again, another paradox here, right, where they've shown, you know, they, you know, science has already demonstrated that honey actually improves metabolic syndrome and improves glucose utilization and improves triglyceride levels and improves um, general markers of metabolic health. So it's like, wait a second. Okay. Well, there's other stuff happening in there. You know, honey has has extremely complex polysaccharides that support the gut microbiome. Um, it's a gut micro- microbiome modulator. There's uh, also from the, you know, I kind of like to romanticize this stuff to an extent. You know, but um, there's really uh, there's some some good indication that honey was a uh, a center point for um, early early humans and increasing increasing brain capacity.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Well, yep. Very cool. That's I love the fact that you're working on something like this. So do you like spicy stuff?
2: I do. Uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, <laughs> so it depends on who you ask, who, who's asking the question, right? There's the right. folks out there. are okay. like, you know, I like spicy food, and their version of spicy is like a ghost pepper, you yeah, know, well, that, which is, yeah. you know, melts I, your face off.
0: <laughs> I, I play around with some of that stuff, and I've, I've, I've made dozens of batches of this hot honey. I'm experimenting with all kinds of things. But mm-hmm. so if you were to go out and, and get wings, would you order probably somewhere in the medium range?
2: Yeah. I like, I would say medium. I don't, okay. I like to taste my food, right? right? I don't, right. I, li- I don't like to sweat uh, while I'm eating, you know? <laughs> so I like, I like the, the, the little bonus from it, but not, not where it's, um, right. you know, wow, oh, this is hot.
0: So I'm going to, I'm going to send you a bottle of my medium hot honey.
2: Oh, I'd love that. Thank yeah,
0: you. Yeah. I'd love to get your, your take on this and your opinion. Have you ever heard of fire cider?
2: Yes. Oh yeah. So, we, I've, I used to make uh, I used to make that myself personally Good. Uh, yeah. for like like personal use. You know, it's Think. really really amazing stuff.
0: Think about this: so fire cider. You take all those ingredients, and you're aware you've made it. The horseradish, the turmeric, mm. garlic. You know, all kinds of really powerful kind of plant components, and you infuse them into apple cider vinegar. And it, it pulls out, you know, the nutrients. You do a shot. It, it, it's kind of harsh. I mean, it's really harsh, actually. The, the apple cider vinegar is really hard. Right? Yeah. And
2: then you, the sure.
0: you put all this other crazy stuff in there. And I'm like, look, I, I get it. So here's what I did. I took all of those same ingredients, horseradish root, turmeric root, garlic, hot peppers, just everything that goes into fire cider, and I infused it into honey instead. Wow, it does that, the same thing. I like it, that. it pulls out the liquid out of all these things. That pulls the flavor. so you know you're getting the the compounds and and it comes. So all the
2: water con all the water content is pulled out of the yeah you know, the fresh horseradish and garlic yeah and all
0: that. Hmm. so so here's what I did for that batch I infused it into manuka honey.
2: Hmm. Nice. How does that well, sound? Like, well, that's actually we're we're using
0: like for we're using manuka job. in
2: our formula, so I I'm yeah. a big big fan of manuka honey. Yeah.
0: Excellent. All right. Wow, I didn't expect uh, Love it. Love I didn't it. expect that connection to come out of today. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm honey is like up there too like top 5 evolutionary foods, like just just really really the more I the more I understand honey and not just honey but other other, um, beehive ingredients, right? So bee pollen, wild bee pollen, um, propolis, uh, some very, you know, and obviously a lot of these uh, honey is very regional, right? With its, um, medicinal uh, properties, right? So like, obviously Manuka is the most well-known medicinal honey. Obviously that's a, a much different impact in the gut than say a, you know, standard wildflower honey. Well, the same is true with other, other apiary, you know, beehive ingredients. Um, you know, some interesting sources of propolis in the world uh, that we've kind of honed in on, and uh, looking forward to sharing more with wow. you about that as we.
0: That's exciting. Out. Yeah. All right, I, I know I keep saying we've got to let you go, Lauren. I got to give you no, a chance you're to, fine. You're to, fine, to jump in here. I, I've, I've dominated the entire conversation, so jump in.
1: Well, I'm just I'm just curious, Jared. Is it do you feel that it's getting increasingly difficult to source quality and you know, clean grass finished beef products? And is there any concern regarding this is totally random, <laughs> regarding bovine coronavirus vaccines and that how, how and how that could get into the system and potentially influence the quality of beef? So
2: two part two part answer to your question. Um you know, I'm always. You know, obviously, I'm I'm a bit uh, spoiled here in Texas. You know, we have access to ranchers and um, you know re- sustainable operations here where the the cattle are pasture centered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm always I always advocate if you can. Um, to, to have a relationship with a local rancher, or at least as local as you can get. And even if you can't get local, go beyond local, right? But to have a direct relationship, you know, if you, if for a lot of these things, it, it really boils down to your willingness to connect with the people who are supplying your food, right? Mm-hmm. And meat is a is a big part of my life, uh, especially ruminant, ruminant meat. And so, so that's what I aim to do here. And, and we'll once a year, twice a year, we'll, uh, have a half split of steer. Um, it'll be brought to a processor and they'll process it up. And then it goes into my deep freezer, a chest freezer I have in my garage. And we pull off of that and make different, you know, different, uh, dishes. And, and that's, uh, I think that's the, the preferred path. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that the, That's a great more, the, fur, the further you are removed from your food source, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and using the example of, let's say, you know, um, whole foods, right. And go in and, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to get some, some organic green beans. Right. But then you flip the package around and it says made in China, you know, what, mm-hmm. how, how impactful is that? Right. Like, are we, you know, and, and trust, I, I can say, speak from experience. Because we're currently undergoing our own organic certification in our facility, that the organic certifying process is, leaves a lot to be desired, you know, yeah. especially at the yeah. international level. And and you just don't you don't know, right? And and so the further the further you are removed from your food source, where it's being made, how it's being made, and especially and especially in areas and um, of the world that are, let's say, more prone to bending the rules, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that just opens up risk, right? And so, okay. so that's the first that's the first answer. You know, like for you, you should if you care about these things, forming direct relationships, getting to know the people that are are producing your food is is a top kind of top of mind recommendation. Um, mm-hmm. On the subject of you know coronavirus vaccines and cattle. Um, I, I've heard some rumblings about that. I can't say that I'm um, informed enough to comment uh, with any depth. Uh, you know, I mm-hmm. think that, you know, I think the question, you know, I think the question is, is whether or not they're using mRNA technology in, exactly. in vaccines, right? Because uh, as I understand it, and this is, this, you know, this is a, a question I'm going to pose to our to my relationship with the rancher that we, that we sourced from, cause it's been, you know, it's been probably eight months since we last purchased, but anyway um, to ask these questions, right. And if it's if, if not, you know, it's like a doctor, if they're not willing to share, you know, then there's probably an issue, but as I understand it, and this, this definitely needs to be, um, you know, fact-checked at some point, but as I understand it, coronavirus vaccines and vaccines in general, um, have been used in animal husbandry um, for, I believe, in some areas. But I don't, to my understanding, mRNA technology has not and is not on the table, uh, as I as I currently know, anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I try to find out what kind of technology they're using, and I have not found anything on the mRNA, which kind of made me feel a little bit better. But I was just curious if maybe you had a little more insight into that.
2: I wish I wish I did. If I if I cross anything um, in my own you know in my own uh, efforts here, I'll definitely share with Kevin and, and you guys. But um, but no, I'm not uh, not entirely sure about the you know state of mRNA vaccine technology in animal husbandry as of yet.
1: Okay, thanks.
0: All right. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, hey, Jared. One more thing, and then uh, we'll we'll cut you loose. Remember, I'm going to put you in the queue, and I'll have Angie pick up, so we can start working on that mini series. You know, we were talking about the the garden, and I actually had a caller once on the air who was asking me about gardening, and you know, I was making a big deal about many days I go out with you know minimal clothing, and I kind of garden in you know a pair of shorts and bare feet, and I was talking about that and he called and he started telling me how dangerous that was. And I honestly thought he was joking. I really did. I started, I was kind of goofing around with him and, and laughing with them. And, and, but he was serious. He was telling me there was, there's things in that soil that are so dangerous and I can't believe you, you dig around in that dirt all day long with your bare hands and your bare. Can you believe that? How, how screwed up have we become?
2: Um, <laughs> It's a, it's a, you know, this goes back to like the, the high, you know, kind of like elementary stuff on the hygiene hypothesis, right? It's like, well, um, you know, it's a, look, our connection to healthy soils as, as a species is, um, unequivocal, right? Like there is, there is no question that there is an intimate relationship between healthy soil and healthy humans. Yes. and And that's even, you know, that's evidenced in even existing studies where they show, you know, um, the the higher the microbial diversity of the soils and the surrounding environment um, where you grew up, and I'm just loosely speaking because there's a number of studies on this, the lower the incidence of autoimmunity and allergies and food allergies. and, And, you know, so I think it's, again, it's really this, you know this this disconnect this disconnect from our evolutionary biology, right? And there, and I I kind of go down the rabbit hole with this stuff. I don't talk about it a lot, you know, to our even our practitioner base or well, a lot of people for that matter, because it's kind of it gets a little uh, nuanced. But yeah. but from an evolutionary perspective, you know, there are a lot of commonalities, and there's actually a, a scientific paper that kind of you know cued me in on this. That directly looks at plant root system and the human gut and what the commonalities are between them yeah and and not surprisingly there are a there's a massive you know if we look at a venn diagram there's a massive overlap in terms of how these things function and their relation uh and their impact on the the host right and in in plants it's going to be the you know above ground vegetation right? right and humans well that's the rest of our body yeah you know? <laughs> and and so you know, we are at this point. We're experiencing both a a loss of uh, diversity at an ecological level um, in in our greater environment and in soil, top soils, topsoils, um, as we are experiencing a loss of microbial diversity within us as well. And the two are intimately intimately tied together.
0: I agree. I think that's fascinating. I was just thinking about that as you were saying it. Couldn't we Couldn't we compare the the Villi in our small intestine to roots on a plant.
2: Yeah, c- correct. Actually, the the little—if you ever pulled like a a root up—you'll see these tiny little fibers. Yeah. Right on the on the main on the main roots, and that is exactly correct. And and so I, you know, it's um, the even you kind of get the you, you can it makes sense, right? right? Like you can see the overlap between these two things and and uh our gut our the, the human gut is you know analogous to a plant root structure you know, a root system you know it has the same interaction with you know roots don't exist in a in a vacuum it's not a you know it's not a germ free or microbe free environment they depend on their microbes um in the surrounding structures to provide nutrients to protect it from pathogens to facilitate growth, right? Create nutrients. Um, One, create nutrients, yes. And in fact, I will provide a a really interesting anecdote here because when I moved in, you know, when I relocated our um, operations um, from California to Austin, Texas, uh, about eight years ago, which proved to be one of the uh, one of the best decisions in my life, um, you know, my wife and I, <laughs> my wife and I moved into our, our home. It was a new home, uh, that was being built and there were two trees, um, in our front yard, um, just little, little saplings, right. Little small, um, sapling trees, oak trees. Well, when we moved in, um, I enriched the soil, um, at the, at these two tree bases with, uh, with microbes. Okay, and there's specific microbes for um, for agricultural. It's a comp. It's a composition of a bunch of different ones, right? Art trees are are uh, probably two to three times bigger than any tree in our entire neighborhood, and they're wow. all planted at roughly the same time. Oh, cool! So, yeah. So it's always yeah. it is. You know the the trunks. The trunks are two to three times as thick. They're they look healthier than any tree around it. Uh, and, and have survived a, a lot of the kind of the, 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 ecological stressors and ice storms that came through recently. So it's, it's always, you know, the, 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 magic is in the, um, the microbiome. Uh, it's, it's really, really impressive stuff, you know, and the same, same thing for plants and trees and roots, uh, does mm-hmm. the same thing in humans. If we can optimize, optimize that environment.
0: You know, it's interesting because I have a, another example of this. So I, I said I'm fairly new to gardening. I'm three or four years in now, but I, I've been so obsessed with it. And I've just put spent so much time on it. And, and I've had some help. Uh, Joel Salatin's a regular guest on our show. Uh, Forrest Pritchard was just on our show not that long ago. He trained under Joel Salatin. Gabe Brown's book, uh, Dirt to Soil, is one of the you know books I've been using a lot. Where I live, our, our soil is horrible. The native soil is rocky and dry and doesn't hold water. It's just awful. Um, It's incredible what I've been able to do with it. It, Once you understand how, you know, Gabe Brown's book was all about turning dirt, which is what we have to soil, which is what we want. Um, But one of the things I learned that was, it was such a powerful lesson because I I watched it happen. Um, I found a really cool garden center near me run by a local couple and they're into natural and so they, they put together this garden mix, you know, it's got compost and leaf litter and mushroom compost and manure. And just, when you look at what's in this, you're like, that's amazing. I should be able to grow anything in this stuff. Right. So I brought in a bunch of it, like 16 yards. If I remember right the first year. And honestly, the first year I planted in that stuff, I couldn't hardly grow anything. And I thought, what am I doing wrong? And I I started researching and it turns out that you've got a lot of good stuff in there, but there's, there's no structure yet. There's no living, you know, colony of bacteria and yeast and fungi and and all that stuff that because we've kind of thrown all this stuff together and mixed it up and moved it around, we've destroyed the structure. And it, it really needs to just, even though it has all the right stuff in it, it needs a year or two to sit there to build up all that structure. I don't even know if we understand all of that.
2: Uh, you know, I, there are, I say, you know, we, I mean, there are definitely people that understand this. Um, but, you know, if you, I, I don't think that the, the knowledge is as um, widely understood as it really needs to be. And, and yeah, it's a, again, there's not, if if more people understood and appreciated complex systems and how we need to respect those, uh, as a, as a human species, you know, I think that we would be in a much different place. You know, yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt, but I, I, this is how I ended up with 75 pounds of hot peppers. You know, the, the year or two before I knew how uh-huh. many peppers I got off a plant and I planted this many plants, but I had been working so hard to improve the soil, and last year it all kind of came together. I mean, the soil I've got now is just incredible. But I, I ended up with seventy-five pounds of hot peppers and over a hundred pounds of tomatoes.
2: Good for you. The plants are
0: just so healthy. And that's they, the way yeah. things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If if you if if there was more focus on improving the soil micro, microbiology, right and less on this kind of short-term, there's too much short-term thinking in agriculture, um, you know, and and also too this short-term thinking and like, you know, you need nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, NPK, (laughs) NPK fertilizers, right? To, to to grow a plant, right? Right. Right. But, but that, that only takes you so far, you know, if, if you hammer these, these, um, if you hammer our topsoil with NPK fertilizers, you know, the The secondary effect, and again, it's this complex system, back to these complex system ideas, if you if you do this, and that's your only input, you completely obliterate the uh, bacterial diversity in these soils. Yeah. and in doing so, you make them more prone to uh, pathogens, um, disease. And so how do they manage that? Well, well, okay, well now we got to, th- you know, put a bunch of stuff on the yeah. and herbicides and pests yeah. you know, it's, it's, and it's the same, it's the same thing that we do to ourselves as humans, right. right? It's like, yeah. well, you know, yeah. you know, well, instead of, instead of fixing your gut microbiome, we're going to give you this chemical to fix the thing that's caused <laughs> by the thing that we're not even like, you know, it's just, it's, it's, just, it's so maddening sometimes, like, right. you know, how how myopic people are. And it's, it, I, you know, kind of look stepping back, you know, and, and that, again, the pandemic was like a perfect illustration of just like tunnel vision, right. It's, it's, everything's a nail or sorry, you're a hammer and everything's a nail, right. You know, there's just no, there's only one destination. There's only one way to get there. And, and unfortunately like, okay, like if, you know, lockdowns being an example, like good, good gracious! Oh. I mean, they destroyed hundreds of thousands, millions of people's lives. Yeah. You know, like, is there really an appreciation for like, okay, if you if you impede somebody's ability to provide, you know, food for their family, it's to 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 make money and be able to provide um, sustenance for your family, like the Do you realize how many deaths that causes? Like secondary effects are really are are an inconvenient truth for a lot of people making these policy decisions. But but it's a it requires more complex thinking. And I just don't think that the bulk of humanity has that has that skill. You know, I, I, yeah. I, over time, like my own, my own appreciation for it has grown, but then in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, oh gosh, we're, we're doomed. We're doomed. You know, like <laughs> we, just, we can't, we just can't get it. You know, it's, it's too, it requires too much spatial awareness, yeah. too much, you know, appreciation for, for complex systems. And I don't, I just don't know that, um, that aligns with this kind of arrogant way that a lot of a lot of humans, a lot of people tend to go about solutions. Very
0: good point. Very good point. All right, uh, Jared, I am. I am so excited about a lot of things. Thanks so much for joining us today. I can't wait to see your honey project. Absolutely. Um, I looking forward to it. Yeah. Very excited about doing a mini. That was going to be on one of my this. questions. Yeah, go ahead, Lauren.
1: That was going to be one of my questions. What what is in the future for Environmentica But I didn't think you. If that you are going to share it, and I'm so excited to hear it has to do with honey. So exciting things to yes. come.
2: Yes, we're we are so, you know, we are very much focused, as I mentioned to Kevin, we're very much focused on this um, rewilding effort within the gut, right? This rewilding effort, and, yeah. and really, I mean, the gut is the you know, our focal point, but um, there will be other dimensions to this that we we bring in over time um, that that supports this. You know, this kind of realignment with our evolutionary biology uh, to support support optimal wellness and that's really what we're what we're trying to do.
0: I love it. Very love it. And I'm looking forward for Yeah, I'm looking forward to our mini series. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with this one.
2: Looking forward to it as well. Thanks yeah. for having me on, Kevin.
0: Fantastic. Hey, real quick, um first off I want to get people to your website because you have a ton of good resources there. People always ask me for book recommendations. I have my lists. Go to go to the blog at enviromedica. Is it enviromedica.com? I have a bookmark, so I don't. It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, Go there, check out the blog. You're going to find a ton of good recommendations for books. There's also just really good articles there. Uh, You guys also have a whole section on learning Um, that's up there as well. You, you are an education company. So I want to uh, encourage people to get to your website and find all those resources uh, also, head on over to our website because we've got uh, their awesome probiotics, and we just brought in the clay bath. Uh, I'm going to start doing that as a detox routine, uh, and we'll be bringing you a whole lot more from EnviroMedica with uh, with the mini series. So, Jared, thanks so much.
2: Thank you, appreciate mm-hmm. it. I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right, talk to you soon. Take care, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Boy, that was uh, that was fun. Yeah. That was great. I, I can't <laughs> believe I only got to one note out of about three or four pages. <laughs> I worked so You're hard. Really I know I worked so hard on that outline and questions, and I was so excited about it. And I got him on the phone, and I, I, my Kindle turned off because I wasn't even reading it and reading my notes. So, so much <laughs> to talk to, talk about with him.
1: I know there really is. And some exciting stuff, you know, going on and he's just, Oh my goodness. He's so knowledgeable.
0: He is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize how knowledgeable he really was. Yeah. Pretty amazing.
0: Great stuff. Uh, let's get to some phone calls. Cause we had a bunch of people holding and we were talking and talking and they dropped. So I want to get to some, and you, you can jump in right now. Phone lines are open. We'll stay here as long as you've got questions. 855 950 three eight three five we're gonna head off to ohio claudia are you at home
5: no i am not at home i'm at work
0: okay um are you in ohio are
5: you yeah okay i'm from ashland ohio yep
0: i i saw that so i was wondering so
5: anyways, if,
0: I... if you were noticing any <laughs> fallout or anything going on
5: i don't think so at least okay. i hope not anyways but
0: you're who knows your side,
5: Anyways, my questions were.
0: Southwest of there, right?
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. Southwest. More yeah,
5: so towards uh, Mansfield. Yep.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I I used to do a little bit in that area. Mansfield used to be part of my um, my route. I didn't get to Ashland very often, but I, I remembered where it was. If, if I were you, I would be watching your water. The air went the other way, I, um, but the I water's really kind of coming your way. Yeah.
5: Yeah, because we do have well water at our cabin.
0: I, I would keep an eye on it. I would probably find a, a good testing company or testing kits, and I think I would test pretty regular. And I, I'm really going to recommend everybody start doing the detox protocol. And and the the people that have listened to me for years know that I don't recommend detox protocols, but this one I am. The, this one I understand it well enough to know that there aren't a lot of downsides. It's hard to overdo this detox protocol, and I just think with everything that's going on, okay. this is just a good idea.
5: Well, actually, the water I drink, this guy makes it. Um, it's alkaline or whatever. He distills it, whatever. That's the water I always like to drink.
0: Yeah, I, I hope you're not paying too so much. For hopefully,
5: it. nope, okay. not at all.
0: Okay, is there? There's, Go ahead. yeah.
5: So, anyways, my fun. question is reason I called you is I went to my doctor. About two months ago, so he said my cholesterol was up. He wanted to put me on medication. Well, long story short, I didn't go on medication. Actually, I got that Burberry that you guys have, so I started taking that. Okay. Well, so okay. then he sends me to go get a bone density test, and mammogram, which mammogram came back great. Now, the bone density, he wanted to put me on some more medication, and I read the side effects of it, and I'm like, oh, hell no. Which so what?
0: Which medication was it?
5: For bone density. I think it was called actinol. I, I can't remember. I should have wrote it down, but I didn't.
0: Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. Whatever it was, it was toxic and it doing. wasn't going to help you at all. Here's the here's bone density. This, this one's fairly straightforward. And before I tell you what you should be doing, tell me about mm-hmm. your diet.
5: Actually, for the past two months, I've been starting to eat clean. And we also have that bulletproof collagen. We get that from you too. And also the brain oxygen.
0: Okay, so when so you basically
5: say clean, what I've been doing
0: when you I say can't, clean, give give me a little more clear definition. Keto carnivore paleo grain free going,
5: okay. going more keto again. Okay, try and stay away from grains totally. Carnivore veggie.
0: One of a, so.
5: I actually I feel a lot better since I started doing it.
0: So one of the worst things for and your bones. You one of the worst things for your bones mm-hmm. are grains. Right, horrible for your bones. We've got well, like to get said, them out of the. Diet. I know that's they're, why I've been right, staying away from it. They're they're loaded with it. so bone health is all about minerals. That's what we have to focus on with bone mm-hmm. health is minerals. We think of the mineral calcium, so doctors will recommend all kinds right. of calcium supplements. Horrible idea. They're they're loading people up with Uh-oh. calcium, but not loading them up with the cofactors. So we end up with, does this sound familiar, calcification of the heart and arteries? Why do you think we call it calcification? It's It's calcium buildup. And it's because we don't have the right cofactors. We have plenty of calcium. Our body's loaded with calcium. Our diet is usually pretty heavy in calcium. We don't have the cofactors though. And we just keep telling people, take another calcium supplement for your bones. It's a horrible idea. It's not fixing your bones and it's hurting a bunch of other things. So what we need are mm-hmm. the proper minerals and the proper cofactors. So a nutrient dense diet, uh, organ meats, heavy in minerals, mineral supplementation. A lot of times is required. Um, vitamin D supplementation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what we focus on with bone health. You know, bone broth, collagen, all those things, absolutely. It's a good part of the diet. But, but we've really okay. got to get that, that mineral balance correct in order to get bone health right.
5: So basically the calcium that I buy over the counter throw is it like away. The 1,200.
0: Throw it away.
5: Throw it away. And it has vitamin D3 too. And it's-
0: it, it, yeah. Yeah, throw it away. Um, get your calcium from your diet. We don't want to supplement the calcium part of this. We can get plenty of calcium from our diet. What we want to supplement sometimes or what we need to supplement might be the other minerals, the the magnesium, potassium, good quality vitamin D, things like that. hmm Okay,
5: now
1: Claudia, um I can't audio real quick, Mill. Go ahead. Sorry, real quick. Last week on um Facebook live that I did the entire 30 minutes was dedicated to bone health.
5: Okay. And you I'll can go back
1: and listen to it. It's that um, Facebook let's um, let's truck tribe. And I go okay. into everything from what causes osteoporosis to um, how to support, you know, make sure you're getting all the cofactors factors for calcium absorption. And I talk about products that we sell in the store. Like, the best source of calcium really is going to come from things like bone and fish. Yes. And we sell some white anchovies and mackerel. That's the best source because yes. that's bioavailable. By far. Those supplements are not going mis- to you good. Yeah. And, okay. And
5: now, what about drinking almond milk?
0: No, no. Throw that crap not- away. Throw that garbage. Yeah. Garbage. It, we don't want... And what Lawrence. said...
1: And, and almond milk.
0: Oh yeah, for yeah. It, now you're going to have
5: almond milk makes me break out. <laughs> so don't,
0: tr- don't drink. Don't <laughs> drink. The, the ox- <laughs>
1: almond.
0: Yeah. They
5: I-
1: cause your body to not absorb. They bind to minerals. Right. And minerals. The bone health is all about minerals. So if you're drinking right. or eating too many almonds, it's going to bind to all the minerals in your food that you're that you should be getting through your food, and you're not going to absorb them for your
0: body. Here's the, you definitely want to stay away from things like almond milk. And here's the other thing you're going to find. If you, think- if you go Google good sources of calcium, you're going to get almost 90% plant foods. Sure, they're going to talk about milk, but I tell people yes. don't drink milk. Milk really isn't good for us. Now, if you are going to go to a good grass-fed farm and you're going to buy raw A2 milk, okay, go ahead and drink it. If you're not, don't drink milk, period, of any kind. No dairy milk, no almond milk, no soy milk, none of that crap. It it is horrible for you. Even the the dairy milk you find on the grocery store is not good for us. It will cause people to break out. We see a lot of time. Hmm. Cheese is better because and cheese, the, that's not good to eat. No, cheese okay. is better because it's a fermented product. So we start to get rid of some of the problems. But I would also have you seek out raw milk cheeses, which are much easier to find than raw milk. I would only eat raw milk cheese hmm. in a case like this. But the real key here is that our best sources of calcium are from animals, not plants. Don't go down the road of loading up right. on spinach and. Uh, all these other high calcium plants. We don't want that. We want calcium from animals. And by far our best source is small fish with bone in. You just eat them right out of the tin. Yeah. Oh wow. And then you're
5: getting another thing because I go to keto.
0: You're getting all of the other cofactors in that fish high levels of vitamin D and minerals and all the things we need so that calcium does what it's supposed to do in our body.
1: Ah,
5: okay, I see. Now, the whole keto thing, I, what about the stevia sweetener? Is that okay to use? I like getting it's, those little candies that have stevia in them.
0: I, it, it's okay. I, I, I will call it neutral okay. at best. There, there's nothing health-promoting okay. about these they will kind of trick your body to release insulin because they think sweetness is coming. Um, some of these, even the natural, like stevia, sometimes these can be hard on our microbiome. They are if you have mm. to have some sweetness in your diet and you are not metabolically healthy then I would say you probably want to use stevia, minimize it, try to work away from it. We all should be eating in a way that we crave sugar less and less all the time. We crave these sweet things less and less. So we want to minimize the use of them and we want to use better quality. We were just talking a lot about honey. For anybody who is metabolically yeah, I like healthy. honey. Yeah, if you're metabolically healthy and you can handle it, I would use honey as my primary sweetener. Uh, I do. My secondary is okay. probably maple syrup and maple sugar. Again, they're sugars. We have to be careful with them, but they they have redeeming qualities. Maple syrup is loaded with minerals. So is is maple sugar. So is honey. So I, I would prefer to stay hmm. with with real sweeteners like those and just make sure we're metabolically healthy and we're using them in the right amounts.
5: Okay. That's interesting to know. Okay. You guys do varicose veins, what you can do with that.
0: Everything we talk about will improve varicose veins over time. Okay. Now it may yeah, not completely I have a pizza shop
5: and I work a lot of hours.
0: Depending on how bad they are, we, it may not eliminate them. And, and there are surgeries and eh, sometimes I actually recommend those. Um, take it on a case by case basis, but you will see significant improvement as you eat this way.
5: Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so well, like I said, you know, we, we like the keto. It helps. We did it one time a couple of years back and we lost weight really good, but then they we did a split you. and then call we you. never got back on it.
0: Yeah. So, Yep. We have to start looking at this different. Uh, whatever okay. way you choose to eat, you have to eat a hunter-gatherer type diet for the rest of your life if you want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Now, what level of that mm-hmm. is up to you know your your metabolism, basically? Really, what we're talking about is the less metabolically healthy you are, the more of the carbohydrates and plants you should get out of your diet. You should be heavier carnivore until right. you become metabolically healthy. As we become metabolically healthy, you can add more of these foods back in. It, and, you know, we can add some more of the natural right. sweeteners. And, and so that that's really the goal. But, it, but we're, we should yeah. really just eat this way the okay. rest of our life, some form of this type of diet for the rest of our life.
5: Now, you were talking about the fermentation thing. Now, do you have a thing where you tell us how to do that?
0: Are you a member of HealthyTribe.com?
5: I got the app on my phone, but I think my guy is a member of the tribe.com. Okay. And that's where it is, the yep. fermentation?
0: Yep. We have videos. We have articles. Yeah. We, we you know, on HealthyTribe.com, we have videos on, on fermentation. We have videos on making yogurt. We have videos on pressure canning food. Uh, we do a lot of that stuff on Healthy Tribe. And it's only three bucks a month.
5: Oh, okay. All right. That's not bad, then. Okay, right. that's basically what I wanted to cover with all my questions.
0: All right. Thanks for the call. Let's uh, let's go to West Virginia. Randy, welcome to the program. How y'all doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Hey, great. I
4: talked to a couple of three weeks ago. told you I was already to keto and I, weight. Yeah. I still was overweight. I saw, saw, when I did it on a Weight Watchers, I looked like I was dead. Yeah, well, right. down 23 pounds now. Down 23 pounds, and I look healthy, and I am so happy. got more energy and more strength. Excellent. I can land and it up now, and I'll lose my breath.
0: There you go. I love that. That's so great.
4: It's working great, buddy. It works great. I, just, I told my wife, I said, I let her listen to the show. And when I got to the park, she said, give it a try. Yeah. So I did. Excellent. When stop my freight ladder yet. when I do, I'm going to get a picture of my, with the sky
0: on my new There you go. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> so I've got
4: my Mac down. I'm a I hate this thing
0: with the Mac. <laughs> well, that makes for a kind of. Uh, uh, yeah, they kind of sort of do. Hasn't been a total takeover yet. There's still a lot of legacy parts in the Macs. And Macs have come a long way. They really have. There's there's no doubt about it. They're not, I, I well, my my opinion, they're not quite there in the comfort and sound levels and some of that yet. Hey, you
4: tell to take my arm, his back beat me to death. And I hit my head on things. And you can't lay in a bed without busting your head. And,
0: what year it, is it? What year? I, I, oh, it was, okay. I, it was, my boss bought
4: five of them for, uh, a year ago for five. Uh, one hundred fifty
0: thousand dollars. Oh, oh, oh! And oh, I, part of the problem, part of the problem and the why you don't like it is, I'm sure they're spec all wrong.
4: Oh, they are. It, it doesn't even have a place to hang a, it. Doesn't even have a place
0: to hang it. Yeah, that's all.
4: This morning, my phone fell between the sleeper and the cabinet. It took me thirty minutes to get out of there. <laughs> Good <afternoon
0: later>. Yeah. <laughs> one more thing. All there right. <laughs>
4: That's five so that I drove. get the with now out of it. I don't know what's wrong with it. They wouldn't even go so far as even finding out what's wrong with it. Got it up for auction. Place a bid. And this model with five hundred ninety-three thousand miles on it. And I'm gonna put a bid in on it. Ten thousand and one dollar. And it's got this. Be careful, you might get it. <laughs> like, I'll buy
0: it for that. Yeah, exactly.
4: No matter what's wrong it, right? I'll buy
0: it. For that, Right. I'm
4: gonna take the bid and and uh if I win, I'll have a big tell it. There you go. Or I might put it in my backyard and let my granddaughter have a playhouse.
0: Got it. Good use. All right, Randy. Great, great stuff. Good talking to you. Congratulations on your progress. Love hearing those stories. Lauren, do you ever get tired of those?
1: No, I love hearing stories, you know, success stories. Yeah. Bring them every day. I would hear them every day if I could. It makes everything worthwhile. It really does.
0: Yeah, and I I think it's part of what, what's helped this segment and this show be so successful is people willing to call and share their success. And when you keep hearing it over and over, I really do think that encourages a lot of people to try it.
1: I agree, definitely.
0: You know, I can say it all day long. You can say it all day long. And there's still people who are skeptical. And, and I think when they hear enough other people say, I did this. These are my results. And it's so consistent. Everybody says the same things. I weight falls off. I've got energy. My brain is clear. My joints don't hurt. I, they all say the same thing.
1: <laughs> they really do.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it. It, it, it works. Uh, all right. We've got another call. Let's go to Florida. Paul, welcome to the program.
3: Uh, hello, Mister Kevin. Uh, I got a question to you, pretty, pretty, pretty quick, and I'm try. I'm gonna try to explain it the best as possible. Okay. You know, because my English is not very well. I'm I'm, I'm from Poland. I'm truck driver, and I'm actually with you uh, on the carnivore diet uh, for about more than a year. Okay. And you got a little. I, I just want to ask you if maybe you can help me with that. When I'm eating meat, a fatty meat or sometimes even just the meat, just the fat, I'm sorry. I feel a little pain, pain on the right side, you know, below ribs. That's your, that's your pancreas talking to you. Yeah, that's what I, you know, that's what I think. But I, I don't know what to do with this,
0: you know. I went to the doctor last year and they make some tests. Hey, Paul, Paul. Yes. Stay away from the doctors. And, And you do know what to do. Just did it. You called me. OK, <laughs> we're going to fix this. That's right. Hey, we're going to fix this. You, you, you knew exactly what to do and you All did right. it. And now we're going to fix this. So it, it's really probably a combination right. of, of your gallbladder and your pancreas kind of yelling at you a little bit. And here's why. Whether or not, if, if you lived in this country or or a lot of first world countries, if you lived here, you were eating low fat, whether you know it or not. Whether you were trying to or not, you were because our our whole food supply changed over the last five decades. How old are you? I'm um, 40. Okay. So you're, you're close enough. I think you'll probably recognize this. Lauren, tell me if you do. Um, do you remember a time where you could not really go to the store and buy boneless, skinless chicken breasts? That wasn't even
3: a thing. Do you, do you know? Um, okay. No. You well, know. no,
1: no,
0: no. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> that's new. So buying boneless, skinless chicken breasts in a package and then trying to eat them is new. We didn't used to do that. We used to just buy a whole chicken and cut it up into parts. Or you would buy the parts still on the bone with the skin on them. Like you would buy thighs with bone mm-hmm. skin on. It, it Just that one thing. When, all the, when the chicken you're eating is a boneless, skinless chicken breast, there's no fat. And that's why they were doing it, but, but it was completely wrong. Almost all the dairy products they took all the fat out of, they took the fat out of the food we were eating. So unless you were making it a point to go buy fatty meat and eating it, you have been eating a low-fat diet most of your life by default. And when we don't use our body parts, they start to fail. You weren't, all of us, we weren't eating enough fat to keep our gallbladder and our pancreas healthy. It was getting lazy. Now, all of a sudden we throw not too much fat, not a lot of fat. We're throwing the right amount of fat at it and it complains. It doesn't like that. It, it's, it's, it's less than optimal right now. Um, we actually have a kit in our store called a fat digestion kit. And I designed it and developed it just for this problem, that when people go carnivore or keto, they have a hard time digesting fat. And we've got to kind of jump start their digestive system. And you only need to do this. You know, you can buy a kit for 30 days. And I tell people, buy a 30-day kit and try it. If at the end of 30 days, your problems have gone away, you're not feeling that anymore and your digestion is good, then fine, stop the kit. If things got better, but they're not perfect, do what do another 30 days and and usually at some point Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah, you can it's actually called the fat digestion kit. And you just take it there's a list of instructions mm-hmm. and protocols take that for 30 days and then call me and tell me what's going on. Well, what about the bile salts? They're they're in there. What they're, do you think about it? They're in that fat digestion. Chain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bio salts are one of yeah, I, 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 the yeah. main supplements we use for this, but yeah. that's just one part of the kit.
3: Yeah. I mentioned when I am eating and I take the one pill of bio salts, it, it makes better, you know, yep. but if I'm not going to take it, I feel like some, some kind of information on the right side. That's- and if, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end up soon, but last question when I'm standing, you know, right away on the uh, mirror and look on my body, I see, I, I see that on the part, on the part where the liver is, this part of the belly is a little bit bumpy. And I am wondering if I, if I got inflammated liver. I, that's my, uh, but I don't know, you know. The doctor said that it's slightly fatty and it's, it's okay. <laughs> but you know, I am hey, serious. Sure he didn't
0: say that. Did he? <laughs> he didn't say that. Did he? It's slightly yes, fatty, 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 but it's fatty, 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 but it's okay. Yes, slightly oh, fatty, fatty, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, 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 that makes me a little crazy. No, yeah, it's not it's okay. It's, okay. it's not okay. But here's the good news: we're going to fix this. Okay. Yeah, ignore your doctor, and I just I can't believe some of the things they say. Okay. Um, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of education. And then they say stupid shit like that.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. All
3: right, Mr. I, Kevin, so I'm going to go and check it out your kit, and I will let you know good. after, you know, month or two. Call me. How back. am
0: I doing? Okay. Yep. Call me back. Let me know. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks for the call. Yep. Let's go to Tennessee. Dwayne, welcome to the program. Hello. What's on your mind today?
6: Hello. Yeah, uh, I, was I was I just caught the last part of uh, the guy you had on and talking about maybe it, it, it hives or bees or honey or whatever. i, I caught an article about a hive that's out of Australia, that based um, in Australia, that I guess you all know, turn a crank and open a valve and here comes the honey coming out of the, of the hive. know oh, am... it kind of sounds too good
0: to be true, you know, I'm seriously God. thinking about God. buying one of these. So, serious. I, I'm seriously thinking about buying these. I have research that I've looked at it. I, I thought it was a great idea, but I also wanted to talk to people who have raised bees before. And is there any downside to these? There really doesn't seem to be. It, it, it seems to be it's just kind well, of I- kind of a unique design of a hive that just makes it a lot easier to handle all the tasks you have to do.
6: Well, I've watered. I've wondered, but we still got to get in the hives. you still got to go and check it out for make sure they're not, you know, not having. If you don't want them to split, you don't have a new queen, queen coming on and stuff like that, you know. Um, and you put extractors in to keep the queens down to the top supers and everything. But you know, I've always known as far as the honey goes, you got to go and decap it just to go get the honey out. I mean, what's it? What's this thing do? I mean, it sure can't be doing. But it's a little bit here and there like that on it to hit it. I, I don't know how, how it works.
0: You know, I should be asking you advice about this topic because I think you know more about this topic than I do. I, I'm just in the beginning of research, well, but the but the hive looked really interesting to me.
6: Yeah, yeah. But normally you would you would you would normally put a, what do you call a extractor, queen extractor. It looks like a looks like a cake rack almost on a bottom on a, on your bottom main super down below on your on your brood box. And then the bottom, at the top, you're going to eat your stack. We've had a tied four. They call them supers. Every section is called a super. And we've had a tied four on top of them already. And each one has got a rack on the inside. There's about, I remember right there's about 12 racks or so go across. And each one's got your honeycomb on it. And and from what I'm seeing, this here is only one valve with one whatever it is to do something there. So I don't know how it could possibly work. I don't know how it works. Oh, so. Well you would pull a rack out, then you take a hot knife and scrape the, and cut the, the caps off and put it in a, and basically a centrifuge, to spin honey out. Right. And that's the that's simple version of it anyway.
0: Yeah, so I am so, I, I am thinking about buying one of these. So I, I'm going to do some more research. And if I learn anything more, I'll certainly pass it along. But I, I, like I said, I think you know more about this topic yeah. than I do right now.
6: But here's one thing too, remember, the more you work with your bees, more accustomed they will come to you become with you and a tamer they will be if you mess with them just go out there and crank it and get away from it like that you ain't interacting with them
0: so you're you're telling me i should go out and cuddle with my beef
4: crazy but i I would say yes okay all right (laughs) well they do that
6: they do that hey if you ever been to a honey festival in lebanon 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 ohio lebanon ohio has a honey festival and they actually i haven't been there for several years but they would actually go and take and put a queen on the chin of the of the of the of the honey queen, the gal there, and have her have a bee beard hanging oh. off of her.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. It looks a little That's creepy. I know. Good. I know. It's uh, looks a little so, crazy to me.
6: But I, I ain't been up. I don't know if we're still doing that a or not. But it's been ten years since so I've been up there. So, yeah. but um, yeah, it, it's but like I say it's, it's like anything else. The, the more you go and and mess with the bees and stuff, the more accustomed they'll be to you. That makes and, sense. The you know, easier yeah. they are to work with
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So, so if you find
6: out, it's, it's how it works there. So,
0: well, if you find out more, let me know. And when I find out more, I'll let everybody know.
6: Yeah. Well, I'll be, uh, I'll be, I, I've not been listening to you a whole lot lately, just because of where I'm at, what's going on. But, um, I, I do get a lot of reruns and stuff like that, but I'll try to keep, keep ear out for you. So, so you
0: know, from there so all right thanks for the call good stuff uh Lauren anything else you want to talk about today yes
1: yeah well i i just realized that i was suspended from facebook so we have to do the facebook live Q&A different today how
0: did how did yes. you get suspended but <laughs> have you been a bad girl
1: i have i have no idea to be honest it said that it was suspended today I haven't been on there since the last, since last week when I did the Facebook live and it just said that it, I haven't been following the community standards on account integrity and authentic identity.
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. So right. we'll see what happens. Um, um, so what so are we that doing then? The I'm going to go ahead with the, What would typically be a Facebook Live? So the live Q and A is going to be on Healthy Tribe today instead, and then they will post it on um, Facebook at some point. Got it. So no worries. I'll still be going live today at three o'clock, and we are going to be talking about creating rituals and routines to develop good habits. Um, that'll be we'll cover you know good morning rituals and habits, yeah, and then good evening. Rituals and Habits, just so that you can ensure that you are, um, you know, getting what you, everything you need um, health-wise and, and, you know, emotionally <laughs> from your day-to-day. So, that will be today at 3 Eastern time.
0: I love that topic. You're going to talk about habit stacking?
1: I don't know. What tell me a little bit about habit stacking?
0: Yeah, it's not that complicated. It's just uh it sounds like a cool term. So here's a, an example of a habit stack that I created. The idea of doing my okay. my Wim Hof breathing in the infrared sauna.
1: Got it, got it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, some of the things that we will talk about, we'll have a couple little stacks, but not we're not gonna go too crazy about it. It's gonna okay. be more um Implicit, yeah, and then just
0: just. I will I will mention the term habit stacking. Just keep the the thought process in mind for everybody because habit stacking can be really personal based on your particular situation. You know, my habit stack might not work for somebody else. Exactly, but just that idea of try to think if because what's what's the biggest excuse you hear from people why they don't do these things. Just in general, I mean, they don't have enough time, time, right? So habit stacking is designed to shortcut the time, to create more time because we're going to stack these things together and, and not take 20 minutes to do the infrared sauna and then another 20 minutes to do the breathing. I just cut my time in half and I get both of them done. And sometimes what we find, this was a good example of it. Not only did I cut my time in half, I made both processes more effective. Yes, that's true. And that doesn't that always happen, right. but that did happen in this case. When I do the breathing in the sauna, the sauna is putting so much stress on my body that the breathing becomes much more effective. And the other thing I've noticed is while I'm doing the breathing, I don't notice that it's hot and I'm sweating like crazy. I I just don't notice the discomfort because I'm so focused on the breathing. And I actually think that the breathing affects your body temperature. He talks about that, you know, in the Wim Hof training, he talks about that. If your body temperature changes, that's okay. It's going to happen. And I I really feel like the heat doesn't bother me near as much when I'm doing the breathing.
1: That's true. That's true. That's a great way to do it. So yeah, you are actually a, quite the stacker. Now that now that you mentioned it, <laughs> I remember you telling us about you do stack several things to get it all in there under what twenty minutes was was what you got it down to,
0: the in, or was it even less than that? The entire protocol, the entire stress stress <laughs> protocol, can be done in less than an hour. That's all four. Yeah. That's the that's-, that's the the breathing the infrared sauna and heat the cold exposure and the resistance training all four can be done in less than an hour
1: wow that's pretty good yeah so well, people are only getting a workout in in that time
0: yeah, exactly Great. Right. so all right good stuff good topic um let's give them the details again three o'clock eastern is that right
1: 3 o'clock Eastern, and we're going to do the live Q&A on Healthy Tribe today.
0: So you you go to HealthyTribe.com, log in, and you'll just see it. It's going to be right there at the top of the feed, so you can watch and ask questions and all that good stuff. So highly encourage you to join, and uh, it is a great topic today. That's kind of, you know, we, we talk about all these things we need to do to be healthy. Well, how do you implement them? This is how. You have to create habits.
1: You absolutely do. We hear it from people all the time. Oh, I I can't do that. I just don't have the time. Well, we're going to talk about how to make the time and how to set your day up for success. And it's not just about one specific time of the day. It's throughout the day. So today we're going to give you some tips so that you can go ahead and start creating your very own customized routine because that's really what it all comes down to. You have to customize it for yourself because it has exactly. to ultimately
0: have to work for you. Yep. 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 I agree. Good stuff. Right. Uh, think, yeah. Do we have anything we need to announce today? I don't think so. Uh, other than. Um, I don't
1: think so. I think it's the last day of um, Dr. Wilson. Oh, yeah. Um, That's right. The 100 year heart. Uh, so the healthy heart. Yeah. 100 year heart.
0: Yeah. So today's I've, the last day. I've gotten a lot of feedback from people. Really, I have not been going through this. I have access to the material so I can go through it later. Uh, And I will, but I haven't been through it yet. Um, But I have been getting some really good feedback from people.
1: I've been listening to it when I can here and there. It seems like he has been able to allow you to listen to it throughout the day that that it's released. So if four or five different, you know, sections are released in the day, then you, you know, you don't have to tune in at that exact time. You can catch it, you know, when you do have a break in in time. So that's been really helpful. Good. I've been enjoying it.
0: Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, awesome. Yeah. The only other thing I would say, I, uh, you're going to be hearing more from me about the detox thing. And and detox has not been a big word for me for the last eight years. Uh, I am far more concerned about toxins now than I ever have been. For good reason. Yeah. And I I do like this. There's lots of ways we can detox. Most of them, you should probably either know what you're doing or work with a practitioner. I like this one. It's pretty safe. We're detoxing through one specific pathway. We don't have to make sure all the other pathways are cleared. Um, We're detoxing through the skin, through sweat, and we do it with this magnetic clay. Um, It's pretty crazy stuff. So you think about heavy metals. And what this clay does? It's magnetic. It pulls them out of your body. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now I will tell you. I need
1: to be doing that more because I have some.
0: You, you yeah. Mm-hmm. I I will tell you this stuff is bizarre. Um, it's bentonite clay. <laughs> is is what it is and there's lots i think there's like 300 different forms of bentonite clay some are magnetic some aren't that this is magnetic specifically for detox um but it's it's super super fine and it will hold a tremendous amount of water but you you follow the directions closely or you will have a mess the way you do it you actually (laughs) you actually take the clay and you blend it with water in a blender. It's the only way oh, you're going to wow. get all of this powder um, to emulsify into the water as a blender. So small amounts of this powder, lots of water in a blender, then you start pouring the blender water into your bath water.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty wild stuff. Okay. Yeah, one of the topics we didn't get yeah. well there were a lot of topics I didn't get to three pages of notes. One of them though I wanted to talk about we will cover it on the mini series. This idea of people eating clay. Have you ever read anything about this?
1: I have. I have read a, quite a bit about it actually. Um it can be pretty dangerous though <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because wrong way. Yeah. You, you have
1: to be very careful doing it.
0: Yeah, it, it, it seems like that there's a history of this and people would actually crave it. A, and, and it's one of those cravings that we believe was a true craving that you should listen to. That if you're craving this clay, it's so much so that you're willing to eat it. And it's not a pleasant experience. Eating clay is not good. Um, but people were driven to it. Like, so, and it turns out that, um, During pregnancy, the incidence of women craving clay to eat during pregnancy shot through the roof. So I I do believe there is some sort of an ancestral, this is something we did. And I'm not telling anybody to go out and eat clay, don't. Uh, But I have, (laughs) I have done it. Clay can be similar to activated charcoal if we we believe we followed or swallowed some sort of a toxin. I'm going to get some bentonite clay or some activated charcoal. Those are two things that can help with that.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, I don't think I'm going to be eating it for the mineral content. I think there are better ways to get our minerals. But uh, it's pretty interesting that, that that is a thing.
1: That is. I didn't know that.
0: the cravings for it were, were a thing. Yeah. Interesting. And, and pregnancy, it was a big thing. Um, and, and we know that your nutritional needs go up like crazy and change when you're pregnant. So it, it's... You know, logical that that's when they they would have needed these nutrients and they actually sought them out by eating clay. Mm. The other product we are bringing into the store, I don't know if we've got it yet. I don't think we No, we don't. I'm positive we don't. I'm still doing the research. Um, the holistic dentist I'm working with. I'm not even sure she's a dentist. I don't think she is. Um We, we, Lisa and I are both testing it now. We're using bentonite clay as a toothpaste.
1: Oh, do you use it every day? Yes. Or twice a day?
0: So (laughs) it's interesting. I just mentioned bentonite clay and charcoal. So yeah, there's two different tooth powders in the system. They're not paste, they're powders. You take your wet toothbrush and you just dip it into this powder and then brush And one of them is bentonite clay to remineralize our teeth. And the other one is activated charcoal to detox our mouth. Mm. So we're treating the mouth a lot like we treat the microbiome. We're trying to improve the microbiome of our mouth. And honestly, isn't the mouth the beginning of our digestive system? Yes. Yeah, so it makes sense. Not the very first step. but no, Right. It's, 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 yeah, it's high <laughs> up the there. the
5: brain, but yeah, yeah, the mouth is the first physical. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. So it, it's interesting that it's this clay that will help us detox, remineralize, so interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I was going to say the clay's in the store. You should probably go order it. My guess is if I go look, it's out. Um, Lisa didn't order a lot. We weren't sure what, you know, with how this was going to go. I think she only ordered 12 or 20 maybe, uh, but we can reorder. So if it's out, I'm sure they're reordering. So head on over and get some. I, I'm just going to make this. It looks
1: a, like you can still order.
0: Yeah. I, I'm going to make this just a regular part of, of the things I do. I mean, I'm not even really going to call it a protocol. I, I'm just going to do this more often. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? Should we wrap this up?
5: I think we're good. We can wrap it up.
0: I think we'll wrap it up. All right. We will see you back here tomorrow. Free for all. I don't think I have any guests. haven't heard what's going on on Friday yet, but we'll let you know as soon as we know. I'm not sure who's joining me. And we will see you back here next week. Who's our guest next week on Wednesday? Do you know? Oh,
1: I do not know. I don't either.
0: Do we have Paul? Paul check's coming back. I'm excited about that, but I don't think he's next week. Are you familiar with Paul check? Oh,
1: I think he is he is next week.
0: Is it Paul good good
1: um, on the first yeah,
0: right. Paul check if you want to check him check him out. no pun intended. um he founded the check Institute. um Paul is a really interesting guy. He's like uh his wife is a shaman. I believe he might be licensed or whatever it is to to actually work with people with things like ayahuasca and um, psilocybin and and some of the other psychedelics. Um, he's he's studied with uh, Native American tribes. Just a really really interesting guy.
1: Yeah, cool.
0: Um, I'm excited. Looking yeah, forward to it. We had Paul on a couple of years ago. It's good to get him back. So that'll be next week. So um, look forward to that. All right. We are going to wrap this up. We will see you back here tomorrow. And you'll see Lauren in a couple hours on HealthyTribe.com. Be safe, profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.